What are we drinking? Beer. Commonly known this as This is beer. that Berliner Weiss. Yes. Yes, it's, it's an unboiled beer, which technically, I suppose, doesn't make it beer. How do you get it if, to be beer if it's unboiled? That's a good question. Technically speaking, it is not beer. So what's the process? Do they just wash this grain over and over and over and over exactly. and over again? Yeah, they, they mash, they uh, run off the wort. They uh, generally hop in the mash, add some hops to the mash, Okay. and uh, then let it ferment. Wow. It's mostly a so lactobacillus. It's so it's basically just stirred up grain. <laughs> stirred up grain, yes. Bob Marley liked the beer bit. so much he wrote a song about it. Wow, it's Stir good. it up, <laughs> <laughs> little darling. You know, that's one way to get the beer stirred up. It's got a, it's a big sour, bitey beer. It's very sour, very lactic, almost like drinking sour milk, which we all enjoy. Don't get me wrong. No, you know, I go who out and love sour milk. Who doesn't? Yes, <laughs> who indeed. doesn't love sour milk? <laughs> On a day like today, I just leave my milk out so it'll sour quicker. Um, it's best to leave a canister of yogurt out on a day like today. You get a lot more sour character and a lot quicker. <laughs> it's a Belgian yogurt. It's a Belgian yogurt. You know, if you okay. keep the yogurt in a clear bottle, it gets there faster. Yes, indeed it does. And you can see it turning brown on the same uh, at the same time. So when the edges, when just the edges start to turn brown, then it's ready to go, right? <laughs> That's when it's getting close. It's oh. when the brown edges separate. It's Whoa. like, does it become like oh, a kind of, kind of like uh, the playa dust. Exactly. Just like the playa <laughs> dust. It's like Crumble Lake. It's a hard a hard top on it that you have to crack with your spoon. <laughs> Crumble Lake is awesome. You know what Crumble Lake is awesome? Because it's, it's the only thing you make in the kitchen with a blowtorch. Any, any food that's made with a blowtorch, I would say. I would have to give you that, and I'm trying to think of the other blowtorch foods, but I'm not sure that I can come up with any. <laughs> well, that's the homework for this week. <laughs> <laughs> homework for this week. I like the, with a blowtorch food. I like the homework from two weeks ago. What was the homework from two weeks ago? Go to a tequila party. <laughs> Get up, come in in the morning, record at beer school, and don't throw up while you're doing exactly. it. <laughs> Speaking of beer school, you're listening to Beer School. We're here to help you and your friends learn to like more than one kind of beer. There's lots of beers to like. Some are made right down the street from where you live, and others have to travel all the way from Belgium just to get to you. Learn why beer tastes like it does, how other styles came about, and the 800 beers from that tiny European country that you might consider trying first. Liechtenstein? No. No, we're talking about one specific tiny country. Luxembourg? That's not a country, that's a town. San Marino? San Marino? That sounds like like something. Monaco's in South America. Yes, yes, indeed it is. (laughs) And Belgium is between France and the Highlands of Scotland. (laughs) The best part about beer school is the homework. The geography. (laughs) Geography homework? The geography homework. (laughs) Now it's going to get tough. It's all about geography. It's about maps. As as, as Miss South Carolina has said, we don't have enough maps in this country. So, but they do in Iraq and South Africa. So I conveniently that, forgotten about that <laughs> aspect of our educational system. Like, well, anyway, obviously she needs more beer. If she had more beer, she would have been able to answer the question more 
uh, comprehensively, <laughs> <laughs> with much more composure. Ex- exactly. With Explaining why Belgium, part of the Netherlands, is between France and the Highlands of Scotland. Who let this person into the studio, and who is <laughs> who he? is this man? <laughs> well, uh, this, who are you? This well, I'm John Foster, and I'm Motor, and that is Steve. And Steve is part. He's half of Steve and Justine. <laughs> I am. I am. And I am Justine and Justine, Justine is ha- the other half of Justine and Gabby. And Gabby's <laughs> been on the show before. There you go. And now the history is complete. <laughs> It's come full circle. You really know how to wrap this stuff up. <laughs> well, and I and I do know that while Gabby and and Justine won't kiss, Justine and Steve will. I thought we, this was we g- do regularly and frequently. I thought this was going to be a good show this it's this totally, week, John. It's going to get really strange from here on out. Well, it started off with a strange beer. It wasn't even boiled beer. It wasn't boiled beer, and it's a, an excellent example of a Belgian style beer. Brewed in a small province of Belgium known as Germany. <laughs> yes, that's the that's the easternmost province of Belgium. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I've been there before. If you don't get off the train in Liège, the next stop is Cologne. Actually, the next stop is uh, what is at the top of the hill, or whatever. There's a, there's there's one stop in between. There is a ridge. And- there is a ridge. You have to go over the hill. The top of the hill, they have that big white line that goes through the forest. And on one side, there's a little flag with three colors. On the other side, there's a little flag with almost the exact same three colors. So one's on top of the other. Yes, one's the inverse. So, yes, the mysterious the mysterious country that may or may not exist known as Belgium. Why, why, is, it, why, doesn't, why is it in question? Uh, it's been in question for a long time. Uh, there's a website uh, that will put the URL up somewhere that tries to disprove the existence of uh, Belgium. They just say it's a it's a it's an abstract idea uh, perpetrated over the last fifty years uh, by the liberal media. And my mom give up an example of uh, <laughs> this place where all these wonderful things happen, and one of those wonderful things is beer. But I think for the for the the uh, for this show. We're going to make the assumption that Belgium exists because I think we've all been there. I haven't. Okay. So, so two of the three of us have been there. <laughs> That's and six. we all know that a supermajority, which we don't have yet, will, of course, uh, prove that Belgium exists. I've been there a number of times, and there are photographs of me being well, So much like the Frank Zappa quote that says you have to have an airline uh, and, Sabina. and a football team. Uh, they have a lot of soccer teams. Yeah. Both Belgium has both an airline and a I'm football team. I'm not sure team. that they have an airline. No, anymore, no. According they? to their economy thing, it does have an airline. They do have an airport. Well, that makes planes land. The Eurostar goes there. Yes. You can get on a train in London and get off the train in Brussels. Home of Sprouts. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> of all sorts. <laughs> I hate those things, unless Eddie's making them, and then they're fine. And then they're delicious. Then they're the best thing in the whole wide world, those yes. sprouts. Brussels sprouts go very, very nicely against stew fleece. What fleece? Stew fleece. I was going to say, stew fleece. Belgian beef stew. Oh, okay. Delicious. Which also goes well with Belgian-style beer. Yes. So we have a variety of different beers that we're going to try today. The idea is some... Belgian beers that are accessible that you'll be able to find 
and the styles that you'll be able to find if you can't find the specific beer that we're having on the show. And then some beers that probably, I don't know, I've never seen. There's things on the table that are a big mystery to me. And it looks like the crustiest, oldest 1950s labels that, <laughs> like, okay, this can't be good. This is <laughs> this is about 50 years old, this beer. And that may just be the way that they continue to make them. They're like, they just got a whole bunch of labels back in the day because, you know, 50,000 labels are way cheaper than 500 labels. So they buy, <laughs> so they bought the 50,000 pack. Maybe they're just embracing tradition. And that tradition is embraced through the entire, not just the beer, the production of the beer, but also the design and presentation of the beer. Some things never change. You know what it is? They don't play baseball in Belgium professionally at the scale that we do. And so when they're baseball teams, they don't have to make special beer cans with, like, the Giants and A's logos on them for baseball season. Right. The, the uh, if, Willie and, Mays special 24-ounce. Yes. That, that is a good point, Motor. They do not play baseball on nearly the scale that we do in the United States. I did not see one baseball game any of the times I've been in Belgium. <laughs> but you did see a few labels with uh, baseball greats from Belgium on them. <laughs> exactly. But very few. And that's really the point that uh, Motor's trying to make, I believe. The, you know, I have, a, I have a shrine in my, in my rumpus room to the great Flemish catchers. Uh, that have been in Major League Baseball throughout the years. <laughs> he will name them for us soon. <laughs> My Dutch is rusty. Because <laughs> as we all know, the, 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 uh, the, uh, Belgium's a bilingual country. The South is It's actually trilingual. There's Flemish. They speak Flemish there. They do. They, they speak a language called Flemish. And then there's Dutch. And there's French. Right. And the North is Oh, wait, Dutch. wait, you're right. There's only two languages spoken Well, there. except for that German <laughs> section again, which incidentally is an actual section of Belgium and it has its own administrative district. So they do actually have three languages. It's a very Belgium. stern corner of the country. It is a very stern corner of the country. Wait, wait, so Flemish, German. Flemish, German. Dutch. Oh, right. And French Dutch is and Flemish are essentially very similar. Um, so you have the Flemish section, you have the French section, and then you have a German administrative district as well. The administrator section. The administrator section, yes. <laughs> and I just, I just remember the first time I got into into Brussels, and I look up at the signs, and Dutch looks a little bit like German, but isn't German, and French, I can't deal with French to save my life. I'm like, ooh, I really am in a foreign country now, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I made the mistake of confusing two and three. Yes, and what did that get you? <laughs> it was just a mistake. <laughs> so what beers do we have? What are we starting with here? Well, we, we have the the six Belgian beers that exist today in the world. These are the six <laughs> yeah, really extant <laughs> Belgian beers. We're going to start with uh, the famous Westmall Trappist Triple. What's a Trappist beer? A Trappist beer is a beer that is brewed by Trappist monks. Not Trappers. Not Trappers. Not Trapper John. <laughs> no, no, there are no Trapper Johns in Belgium that we know of. There, I suppose, I guess there could be, but in fact, um, a Trappist beer is a beer that is brewed by a specific type of monk, um, it, the Trappist monks, obviously, and uh, there are very few of them left in the world that are brewing beer. I believe that there are six Trappist breweries left in the world. Hmm. Um, five of them are in Belgium. There's one that is actually in the Netherlands. Uh, Westmall is one of those 
breweries, and they generally brew um, three different kinds of beers or three distinct styles of beers. We're going to drink one of them today. It's the light triple style beer, which is the non-dark beer. When I say light, it's by it's light by no stretch of the imagination, alcohol-wise, taste-wise, etc. It has a very big taste. It's probably about seven. So, would you say this is the more accessible of the style of of the beers that we're going to have from this country? Um, or actually, we I'm going to take that back. The most accessible is one that's not on the table. Yes, absolutely. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're we're probably going to have a debate here as to which is the most accessible beer from Belgium. Um, certainly, the biggest selling beer from Belgium, I would imagine, is Stella Artois. Now, it sounds French. May... <laughs> yes, in fact, it is Belgian and it's from Leuven. Um, however, even that beer is probably not the most accessible Belgian beer, and we also don't have that on the table, which would probably be the Chimay Red. Mm. Yeah, to be I've perfectly had that. honest. Um, a lot of people can can find the Chimay Red. It's also a Trappist-style beer. It's not a quote-unquote triple. Um, it's a darker beer. It's a slightly richer flavor. But it is definitely something that you can find a, in most of your better beers. But beer it's stores. a Trappist-style. It's not it, a Trappist. It, it is it's a, a Trappist. It, but it's not a Trappist I mean, beer. That's a, a good question. Actually, it is a Trappist beer. The uh, Chimay monks are one of the remaining Trappist monasteries, so it's not an Abbey-style beer. It is... In fact, a Trappist beer, they, they're allowed to use the Trappist designation and to print that on, on their labels. Yeah, and the Abbey style then would be the, the beer is going to be like the Trappist beers, but it's going to be uh, brewed by laymen uh, in any old brewery. Um, those breweries are generally connected somehow to an existing Abbey or Tunnels? a previously existing Abbey. Tunnels? Tunnels? How are they connected? Like tunnels? Oh, Something yes. like Hogan's Heroes? Bridges, actually. Like bridges, okay. We live in the land of bridges. <laughs> um, and, and really, Motor, you're correct. Um, a lot of those places are no longer controlled by monastic um, interests. They're controlled by commercial interests, m- many of which are very secular. Um, they're generally connected in terms of geography they are brewing in similar places in the similar cities very often in the ex- the previously existing breweries that some of these monasteries used to have Those so are abbey beers so as the monastic life becomes less and less attractive uh the monastery basically folds or is folded over the years and then that brewery is carried on by laymen or that's a good question. I I wouldn't be able to speak to why. This is beer school. Uh... You can make stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, as the. But as your official expert this week, anybody who comes on this show who is not John or me is automatically the expert. Would you agree, John? I would agree. Okay, good. So, much as like this piece of expert, much like this piece of paper is the expert. <laughs> as the official expert, then uh, yes, as the monastic <laughs> lifestyle declined in importance and. Um, popularity, as the case may be, more and more people with commercial interests, which was gaining in popularity, took over some of those very interesting architecture, architecturally significant buildings and started brewing beer there. Sweet. Hence, very sweet Abbey Ales. Guys, would you like some oh, triple? Yes, yes, yes. thank you. 
So this is a from a from a brewery style from a brewing style that's happening. This is something that I've seen um, duplicated in the United States at different breweries. The triple oh, absolutely. style. Yeah, um, triple is a style of beer. Is actually something that is very popular to brew. It's um, a very accessible beer for most people. It's not overpoweringly hoppy. Um, it doesn't have a lot of funky characters. We'll get into some beers with. We're some saving really some of this on the bottom, characters. so we can brew some more of this later. Yeah, great. Yeah, it's. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> the discussion which earlier goes back to the ancient uh, 1339 law in Belgium, where we I thought it was 1338. Save... 38, 39, whatever. 38, 39. Oh, I forget. You've seen the calendar back then. We argued over which calendar we're going to (laughs) use. Exactly. You know. But we we all recognize, at least, that the tradition continues that you must maintain some of the beer in the bottom of your bottle so as to reproduce it again tomorrow. Yes. You take that in, you send it back to the recycling center, it goes straight back to the brewery, it's sealed. Exactly. It's taken out of the brewery and it's removed. So, whatever use are still alive in the bottle at the. Are, are recollected are recollected. by waste management or whatever. They're spun back. They're spun. They're spun back into the work with right, and, they're, and they're and they're they're categorized by the bottle. So this one goes back to the W to West Mall. This yeah. one, this other one goes back to wherever that came from. Exactly. And if West Mall were using a clear bottle, it would go back to the clear bottling plant at West Mall as opposed to the brown bottling plant oh, at West Mall. Right now, they're not buying at all. That's so. That's so complex. That's that's one thing I noticed when traveling through Belgium. Um, you know, here we have the the black garbage can in San Francisco, the blue garbage can, and the green garbage can. And the black garbage can is the one you're not supposed to put anything in, and the blue one is the one you're supposed to put everything in, and the green one <laughs> is the one that when you open it up and throw more stuff in, it growls at you. And um, I remember in Belgium, you would go along and there would be, you know, all these different shades of garbage cans. And now it's coming clear that it's for sorting out your beer bottles with the yeast so it all goes back to the correct brewery and processing. Exactly. Going back to that law of 1338, 1339, Mm -hmm. which required you to save a bit of the beer in the bottom of each bottle that you consume. It actually goes down as the oldest recycling law on on the planet. That's something that, that you that know the Germans true. have overwhelmed with this idea of the Rand-Heizkabut with the consumer purity protection law. But really, the Belgians were there first with the, uh, the recycling. It, it, we don't know the word for thing. I mean, there there have been some recent discoveries of ancient cuneiform texts coming from Sumeria, suggesting very very similar things that were occurring. But in fact, the the clearest distinct historical record that we can trace back still still comes from belgium yes well what happened is as uh christianity overtook um the more the more earthy and you know local traditions patriarch patriarchal society really clamped down and destroyed it used to be the the female's job to do a lot of this and they were experts at it and they had a whole system built up that you find in you know even in greece uh, when Christianity took hold, you got the patriarch of society that at one point almost killed off the tradition of recycling. Uh, but, they... but this is why, in according to our Wikipedia article, that uh, since the independ- since independence, which happened in 1830, okay, um, Catholicism was counterbalanced by strong free thought movements, in... thus bringing back the idea of recycling. Wow. 
you know, you learn something every day when you come to beer school. <laughs> yeah. I, I had no idea that it was actually um, a result of of that very and that free very thought. Movement. Free thought is not free space thought. It's one word: free thought. Wow! Shocking. In Liège, which I have been to twice because they're building a beautiful train station there. Um, in the center of town, there's this big plaza, and the plaza is where the church was. The town burned down. I forgot what year it was. And they just maintain the open space as a plaza, but they have markers around it saying, you know, this is where the church was. The people got tired of having the, 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 uh, the, the church running in town, so they burned it down one day. So let's talk about this beer, the West Mall. Okay. What are we tasting? Oh, we got somebody on the show who knows words <laughs> besides horse blanket and biscuity. <laughs> Mmm, biscuity. Biscuity. I taste bacon. No, um, it, in terms of mouthfeel, watch me try this one. In terms of mouthfeel, it's a lot like the Berliner Weiss. But in terms of flavor, it's completely different. That's very true. Mm-hmm. It is a little bit sparkling. It's a little effervescent um, in terms of the mouthfeel. It um, dissipates very quickly, I think. So it's kind of, it's almost a delicate beer, which yeah. is strange because... It also has a lot of flavor to it. Um, there are some honeyed characters to it. Um, trying to think of well, what else. A, it's very, very low on the hops. I want to call it banana, but it's not really. Because that's like I'm, when you taste a triple, a lot of times you get nothing but banana. But this is more like caramelized banana. Yeah, I'm getting more caramel than I'm yeah. getting banana out of this. One. But it's like it's like when you uh, when you take banana and you put it in in uh, brown sugar and butter and you melt it up and get it hot. Dip them in chocolate, roll them in nuts. Mm, Not the chocolate. It's all the arrested development I've been watching. It's <laughs> <laughs> nothing to do with the chocolate, but there's there's some walnuts in it. You know, it's that it's a big. I don't know. It's a very cooked flavor. So are you getting a nutty character to it? Mm, uh, yeah, a little bit. This is not meant to be uh, disparaging to the beer, but it tastes like uh, possibly bad, sweet, uh, cheap champagne. The, bad, uh, cheap, sweet champagne. It's got the fizzy mouthfeel. That it's not. It, it would be it, uh, not a dry champagne, but it's sort of. You get that sort of the grapey. candy. The candy champagne. <laughs> Prom champagne. <laughs> You're, you're probably right in terms of the effervescence and the mm-hmm. mouthfeel to it. Um, definitely, it remains a beer all throughout. There's, right. there's no real, you know, complete dryness to it. There's no uh, grapiness to it. it. It remains very malty, very bready, um, has a lot of, of character coming through of that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, almost banana bread, like you said, yeah. if, you, if you think about it in that way. Like, you know, baked Baked. <laughs> Not baked like that, but baked like banana bread. Yes. Now, uh, the question is, really, then, is this a good example of the triple style? I would say not. You would say not? Mo- well, no, no. From, I don't know. From a... From a, <laughs> from a okay, well, here's... The, the problem is that I've been ruined by the American interpretation of a triple, by what the breweries around here have made as a triple. Which Horton are, Beers does an amazing triple. Yeah, they do. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> what are you saying? You can't just say that and then not mean it. I didn't mean it. <laughs> or, or not follow through. What? <laughs> what? 
that's the one that's just supposed to fall in the background as the conversation goes by, and then people <laughs> people want wait, what was that? <laughs> Gordon, wait, when was the last time Gordon Pearson? That's the joke. <laughs> Well, it's a little-known fact that Gordon Biersch is not a German lager brewery, but are actually a Belgian ale brewery. Except they keep blowing them and making them too clean, so they turn out as German <laughs> they beer. They make them too clean. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, so I'll just be quiet and won't pop <laughs> off of old jokes <laughs> no, anymore and throw no, this show off track. Okay, Dan, Gordon. Uh, it was so very confusing. Dan, I just had to go through and think of all the breweries around here and which one wouldn't brew a triple. And it's Gordon well, Bear. Or, it's or Gordon San Francisco Bear. Brewing Company. Well, they brew stuff all or the time. Thirsty Bear. Thirsty Bear wouldn't make... I mean, Brandon wouldn't make a, wouldn't make a triple. No, I'm not sure he would. No, I don't think he. I don't think it's in his recipe book to make a triple. <laughs> well, <laughs> he looks just like that. <laughs> he would make an excellent icebox. Race. He would. I'm You've made a triple. I have um, never made a triple. Who made? A who made the? Who made the triple? No, maybe you didn't. Maybe no, Sean I, O I made the triple. John, ha- uh, Sean has made the triple, and Jesse has made the Twenty First Amendment triple. Okay. I, don't, I don't think I've actually ever done that one. Hmm. So back to before when I threw the show uh, off track. You were talking about what would be a good example of a Belgian triple. Oh, yes. Um, well, obviously, 21st Amendment's triple. 21st Amendment's triple. That would be a, that would be not the stake in the ground of triples, but a really good example of a triple. <laughs> what are what are some American examples of triples? Uh, New Belgium has a triple. I don't know what it's called, but we've had it. Let's just call it Wind Ensemble because that's ensemble because that's a coaster I have in front of us from our our good buddy Russ. No, thank you, Senator Coaster. Yeah. I'm sure it's debatable, but uh, Russian River almost certainly has a triple. That triple is probably rocking our world at least once. I think it's called Triple Shun. Triple Shun. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it is Triple Shun. Justine's favorite triple. We've mentioned the famous Justine. She likes the uh, Triple Carmelite. It well, was, Triple Carmelite does tend to produce those kinds of effects. Yeah, and uh, it was Gabby's favorite. Actually, not just Gabby's favorite beer, but Amy's favorite beer. Amy's as well. Interesting. Yeah, so the girls like Triple Carmelite. Uh, Triple Carmelite is a very, very popular beer. Um, they've stopped selling it, I hear, at the Delirium Cafe in Brussels. I'm not sure why. Because the 16-year-olds who go drinking there after high school were all getting too wasted. Yes, and throwing coasters around. <laughs> Thus the name Delirium. <laughs> Thus the name Delirium. <laughs> That's where I had Absinthe, because the Absinthe place across the street didn't open until we had to be on the train back to London. Oh, yes, but Absinthe is uh, We've had show. deja vu all over again. We talked about Absinthe as we were talking about Triple Carmel. That's what we're going to have when we're not having beer on beer school. <clears throat> well, we still have to do the Tiki. Absinthe. We still have to do the, the uh, tour of Tiki bars in San Francisco. And... Uh, the absence show. I'm going to Forbidden Island tomorrow night. You are? How cool. Take notes. So what, what's up next, guys? What do you want to... Uh, you are... You're the qualified expert that we so brought we have So we have a couple of things that we, that we bought while we were uh, at City Beer. And this one is looking very... Hmm, I would say a label... That is very pink. 
very pink. And it we did, looks like something who is going a uh, a fourteen year old uh, female graphic designer would come up with, because the just the lettering. My thing is the lettering and the way. It's just, so this beer is in a Duval bottle. It is in a short, stubby bottle. It's called Vuv. Vuv. It's from De Ruggenbog Brewery. It's very... Um, did you take Dutch in high school? No, I did not. You're very good at the pronunciation, though. Thank you. He's been there. I've been beat up by Daisy a few times. <laughs> Who's Daisy? Daisy owns the Bear of Bruges. Yes, the uh, little bear. <laughs> yes. In, in Bruges. Or Brugge for all of uh, those who... <laughs> and this beer actually is from Bruges. It's, um, a, in my opinion, a really excellent example of a very traditional Belgian wit. Um, a wit beer, the traditional, the, the most accessible style that you're going to find in the United States is going to be Hoogarden. Um, relatively easy to find in both cans and bottles in the United States. Particularly, I'd suspect, in bottles. Um, it's a, a wheat beer that is brewed with spices, particularly coriander and bitter orange peel. So as you're drinking this kind of beer, you should be getting some sense of, of citrus on the nose. You should be getting some sort of aromas of citrus, of coriander, um, maybe a little bit cilantro-esque type of, of aromas coming off of the beer. And it's a very refreshing summer style beer, very tart. If you spit, this style is very tart, as a, as a matter of fact. Spinning it, you get a lot of the cilantro. Tastes like a good taco, or smells like a good taco. <laughs> <laughs> a lot because of people ta- wouldn't think that that's a good thing in a beer, but as a matter <laughs> of fact, it is. It, it goes very, very nicely with all kinds of, of Mexican dishes. I think on our first show, we discovered that. Um, that um, Modelo goes very well with tacos. Modelo with tacos? Yes. I would put this against um, tacos any day instead of the Modelo. It's probably true. No, you get the flavor. I can imagine it with the – I've been on my thing for crispy shell tacos because here you get the little, the little soft corn folded up ones. But there's like that hybrid. And I always come back to uh, – I think it's Roberto's. Just past Pizza Port in Solana Beach that has really good crispy shell tacos, <laughs> um, which is a beautiful accompaniment for uh, Belgian beer. Really? As is the uh, cuisine of Belgian rabbits and pigs. and Which is very, very juice. much like tacos. <laughs> exactly like tacos. <laughs> they, you know, there's so much cayenne in Belgian cooking that I'm lying again. Sorry. <laughs> it's all about the unicorn story <laughs> yes the belgians are well known for their experimentations with cayenne yes no actually uh food in belgium is fantastic yeah and do you uh like the food in belgium it's yes, uh, one of my favorites yes i've heard a lot of people who don't care for it but i think that they have not tried enough <laughs> they haven't spent long enough in germany um <laughs> well no since it's between germany and england you know um, no, I've had fantastic meals. I remember one time, I think it was my first trip to, no, my second trip to, to Brussels. We went to Ispinikup, and we just sort of, we ordered off the menu and then had the waiter just bring us beer randomly, whatever he thought would be good. Um, and then I've been to the Hamelhof, which was just amazing. 
And uh, rabbit I almost pat- brought a beer from Hamahoff tonight. Rabbit pate. Mm-hmm. You can't. Although they got something in Magnolia now. They've got beef and I for, or pork. I forget what the word is. It's basically some sort of almost liquid pork thing that just spread on on uh, toast. Fantastic. I had that on Saturday or Sunday night. Liquid, liquid pork. pork well, it's like basically it's like uh, you know. Um, What's the what's the I brand? Guess. The the deviled deviled meats, you know, the little tins of deviled meats. It's like the the old school version of that. It was fantastic. Crouchons, <laughs> delicious. I don't remember the old scale or old school deviled ham. Uh, so, do you uh, are you a Belgian waffle or a Liège waffle person? Um. I avoid the waffles, but uh, frankly, the Belgian waffles from Brussels on the street. Yes. The kind of waffles you can get like you get hot dogs on the street here in the mm, United States. Street waffles. Are delicious. The, the, the Liege ones are a little crispier on the outside. And you can get the, they've got them both on the on the street there. And the Belgian waffles are a little spongier. And I like sort of the, I think they like paint it with sugar bef- when they cook it so the outside of it caramelizes. Although that's not mm. really, I uh, I would guess a uh, a hearty like uh, brownish thing would go well with that beer wise. A hearty brownish thing, yes. Those are maybe my- like a. Uh-huh. <laughs> so let's talk about this beer that we're drinking because we're talking about waffles. And- we we are talking about waffles and. And rich brown ales that may go well with them while we're sitting here drinking a very... Something that uh, doesn't even go with waffles. It <laughs> doesn't go with waffles at all. <laughs> I'm not sure what this would go with. Well, if we would have... Mussels. Quahog clams. Quahog clams, indeed. Which is another delicacy in in Brussels. <laughs> far, far western Brussels. <laughs> far western Brussels. I like this. I'm not a big. I'm not a, a a big fan of this style, but this is this is a nice one. It's got probably because the flavors are bolder than some of the like the garden. Yeah, they they are a little bolder. It comes through. It's a little sour, more sour, I should say. Um, definitely, you're getting more of the coriander notes from the from the nose, and it permeates all the way through the beer. It's it's actually a pretty complex beer, but it's it's very light on the palate. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's not nearly as effervescent as the last beers that we had, um, but it's also doesn't have quite the same body that comes through. It's um, much lighter, very very refreshing. It's a great summer beer. It's not um, it's not white cloudy like the Who Garden, where you can't you can't even see through it at all. So it's V U U V E. V U U V E yes. Why do they motors have taking a, m- to use? taking of- an, an long look at the <laughs> the label here and has noticed the fact that the two U's on the help. label are are in <laughs> fact a representation of of somebody's eyes peeking up over the. Those are not <laughs> eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, I I am mistaken. It depends no. on how close you are because it could just be one eye. <laughs> I was just looking. I was looking at the. I was looking at the label, and we're talking about it. And we're saying how this is a great. This is a, a you know a, 
great beer for this style. And so I want to make sure I got the name right. So I was, I was going, are those O's or U's? So it's V-U-U-V-E. So Indeed. the issue is this. If this label were were on an American beer, the ATF would not allow that. The ATF would probably have something to say about have, the text of the label you can on have, this beer. You can have... Not one dot in the middle of each one of those used. You could have two so that it's dot, 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 dot. You know, they're probably supposed to be umlauts and they've fallen. Yeah, I I think it is a misprint of some sort. It's really not the fault of the producer of this beer. um, The strong lactic character to this beer has nothing to do with the label qualities that you you may be seeing here. And the background background is... Nothing to do with Eddie and, um, and Nico's... Um, slang known as Zangs. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and the, back, the background, even though the label is is a pinkish color, it's got a little bit of orange, and it slices of oranges. Very good. Moment. So those dots have nothing to do with the background. Nothing no. whatsoever. This is those dots are probably more specks of coriander. Very good. That you're oh, yeah. finding the, suspended the, the, in the orange seed, quality. The perfect of the beer. amount of coriander yes, yes, indeed. to go with the oranges is those two dots. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. So the guy who escaped Hogarden came to Austin, remade his beer, the Cellus. This is Pierre Cellus. Yeah. Um, turned out, decided to give it up after a while because. He sold out to a larger brewing company, and they said, mm, you're not making enough money for us to be interested. <laughs> it's like, why did you sell? Because you before you were you were doing fine. That's what I told my first wife. You're not making enough money for me to be interested. You were married once before? I don't know. Your first wife? Makes for a good story. The mystery of motor. The mystery of motor <laughs> continues. John and I are both uh, well, intrigued. I was, <laughs> I was impressed about the first wife. <laughs> Is there a second wife? Maybe. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not entirely sure about the history of Pierre Sellis, let alone motor. But um, I think that he probably started things based on a, a much more complex series of events okay <laughs> <laughs> and like i said i'm not sure exactly how who garden came to be under the control of the brewers that it is under con- the control of now um he lost to his brewery in a poker game he very well may have something <laughs> like that um but pierre is at least credited with bringing this style of beer back mm-hmm. um this this beer really didn't exist before pierre Sellis stepped in or it, it existed, of course, but it was on the way out. He stepped in and, and really sort of re-engineered it, brought it mm-hmm. back, made it something that was popular again. And um, now a lot of different people are brewing it. You, this this that we have in front of us today is one example of that. Yeah. And there well, was just one uh, on at 21A. There was indeed one, oh, yeah. one on at 21A. The, the one at 21A uh, was a very good example of a, a wit, I think, of an American-style wit. And right now we're... we're st- uh, suffering and stifling Texas-style heat here in San Francisco. And this is, <laughs> I can imagine this beer being a lot more, you know, something that you'd want in terms of the big family of all the Belgian beers mm-hmm. in an atmosphere where it's hot. Well, we've had we've had this style of beer on the show before, so we've had Hoo Garden a couple of times. We've had the uh, 
the stuff in cans from uh, the stuff in cans from Trader Joe's. Yes, which is <laughs> no, and that's really that's a fine example of this beer. And uh, then we've had this, and I think out of the I like this out of the three that we've that we've had on the show the so far, this is uh, my favorite. This is um, this is a perennial favorite. It's a great example of a very traditional style beer. If you can find it, definitely pick it up. And if yeah. you can't, pick yeah. up an example of the style because it, it's a a great beer to to try. It's a great beer for summer. It's got a lot of flavor in it. They don't have the street address in Bruges, so they if don't. you're in Bruges, you probably just look them up in the phone book. Just yeah, look for them, if just you're look in Bruges, go to uh, go to the Little Bear, wait, and uh, sooner or later he will show up ah. <laughs> <laughs> with fresh beer. Sweet. Now what do we? We're going around the corner. We're going around the, the corner. We're going to uh, pull out what's called the Het Capital Pater. This is a, a beer that's brewed in Watu. Um, Motor mentioned a few minutes ago the Hamelhof, which is the perennial beer restaurant that is also in Watu. Um, the owner of that restaurant is one of the first people to have started pairing beer and um, food together, beer and fine cuisine together. Um, he's been doing it since the 70s. He's does a great job. You can have a really wonderful experience if you get a chance to go to Belgium and go to Watu and spend some time at the Hamelhof. And indeed, if you go to the Hamelhof, you're going to be spending some time at the Hamelhof. It's it's so an all-day experience. You'll get there around to, 3, to there. and then you'll leave around... You'll get there at 3, you'll leave around 8. Yeah. And it, it's wonderful. I. <laughs> you'll have rabbit, you'll have pork, you'll have beef, you'll have lots of beer... And it'll take a long time. And, totally uh, worth it. People will speak to you only in French. It's a wonderful place. It's an incentive to learn French. <laughs> We're going to have to, you know, when we start um, actually add, adding advertising. We? We. I'm speaking French. I know. <laughs> I was thrown off suddenly. <laughs> when, was we, when we actually John. when we start advertising on when we add advertising to this, one of the things we'll have have to do is do a deal with these companies that teach people how to speak other languages. Oh, indeed. I love the import the import company, Win It Two of Santa Barbara, California. <laughs> so this beer is a little bit darker. And then some of the other beers we've been drinking so far. Um, it's about it's, the same color as the pale that I had earlier today. Um, I think it's closer to an amber style, but yeah, mm-hmm. maybe maybe a dark pale. Of course, it's I got not the, that clear. Of course, I got the bottom of it. So Steve's is really clear. Mine's Motors not so clear. is slightly less clear, and I got the bottom. Mine's just right. <laughs> and John's looks like the dregs. There's a, John's, on the other hand, is probably going to be very nutty and more complex than what Motor and I have. Which you know, and uh, we'll go through that. This is an example of an an Abbey style beer. We talked a little bit about an Abbey style beer earlier. Um, this is brewed in the style of the traditional abbeys, the traditional Trappist type of beers that are brewed. It's not a Trappist monastery. Consequently, it's not brewed by monk, monks. It's brewed by lay people, and it's considered an abbey-style beer. Um, my first impression after drinking the triple and the vouve was I wasn't expecting this. This was like this blindsided me. 
because we've been drinking these, <laughs> these bigger, sourer, bolder beers, and this this not, is definitely this a is step not. in a totally different direction. And and this is a, a good example of what you can experience in Belgium. You can you can go from the types of beers that we were just drinking, um, which are much lighter both in color and in taste character, and without a thought, move into a beer like this, which is much bigger in the taste profile, I think. It's uh, much richer. It's much darker. It has a lot more caramel malts to it, a lot tastes more like caramel des- like coming through. Almost. It's much sweeter. It has none of the sour characteristics of the, the beers that we have just been drinking. Mm-hmm. It has none of that lactic sour character. It has none of that... Um, sort of lemony character to it has none of the citrus. The that mouth we, feels all. The mouth feels all, all. The profile is all different. Exactly. Well, it doesn't have that. It doesn't have that cheap champagne, and I don't mean that in. Yeah, from but it doesn't have that that feel. Now this is this is not an effervescent beer by any stretch of the imagination. This is a beer that tends to coat the palate a little bit. Mm. It has a lot more viscosity to it. It, it lingers on the tongue. It lingers through the back of the palate. Yeah, I can feel it like rolling more. off the backsides of my tongue. And, and Motor hasn't had a drink for at least two minutes. Sadly, we don't have any chocolate to go with this beer. Sadly. Or fried chicken, because fried mm. chicken goes with every beer. Or Stoofleece, <laughs> which also goes with every beer. <laughs> <laughs> Or a uh, uh, croconabal, mm, or that or che- escargot, or that, or those mushrooms, or those mushrooms. Mm. Yeah, Burning Man was last weekend. <laughs> <laughs> we ate all those mushrooms last weekend. So I've been to the Zythos Festival in Belgium once. You've been there, like what? Three, four. I've been five there times. three or four times at this point in my life. Uh, the Zythos Beer Festival, of course, is a very big beer festival in Belgium. Um, most of the important brewers in in the country come and exhibit some of their wares there. Is this a contest like the GABF, or is this, um, it, it's this not a, a contest? A it, it's purely a festival. There is no judging that occurs. It's really just an exhibition of beer products. Um, last year, as a matter of fact, it really is starting to branch out into an exhibition of beer products. Um, Hansen's Brewery, which is a Guz brewery, uh, we'll get to a Guz later in the show, um, produced Guz Jam and Creek Jam. Really? And we're selling examples of that. So that they took essentially... Um, active yeast from a fermenting beer they used a very similar profile to extract sugar from grain added that with some aspic and and various other gelatinous compounds and turned it into jam and we have some very very excellent jam that is uh sour uh tastes like goods a little bit we have one that tastes uh like sour cherries wow and so the the entire zythos festival is starting to expand a little bit to really become a a beer product festival as I much as a beer festival. I can imagine having that on toast every morning. It's awesome. <laughs> huh. Truly, truly an awesome thing. Okay, now I want that. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, yeah we, we didn't bring any uh, any of the Guz Jam today, but no, it's, but it's, it's definitely we, it's, something It's one of those things, like, you know, once you hear that, you're like, Guz Jam. 
Oh, I want that. Definitely. If you want to jump into the deep end of the Belgian beer pool with no life preserver, go to Zythos. <laughs> Zythos is definitely the place to be. It's um, held every year. March. When? Late it's February, early March. When it's really cold. When it's really, <laughs> really cold in Belgium. So um, basically, you're you're experiencing the day, and you walk outside, and you're not so cold. <laughs> Yeah. Two years ago when I went, the first day I was there, the hall was so warm and humid and smoky. It was disgusting. They have since um, banned smoking I know. from the Zythos Beer Festival. Really? Which um, has made it a much more pleasant experience for a lot more people. Yes. Um, certainly there are people who are we baby upset Ameri- about that fact, but... Indeed, it has become a much more enjoyable and much more accessible experience for a lot of people. This is a wonderful beer. I'm glad you like that. No, this is is one of these things like, this is making me happy that I've done all my homework for the last 5, 15 years. Because I don't think I would have appreciated this even as as short short ago as 7 years ago. It's a good point. This is this is actually a beer that we've probably moved away from the easily accessible beers that people can now pick up. This is a good example of um, beers that you can probably find. Um, a Chimay is, for instance, a Chimay Red is a, an approximation of what we're drinking now. It's, right. it's getting close to that kind of flavor profile. Um, but like you said, John, this is the type of thing that you need to do your homework on, that you need to keep your eyes out for, that if you see this beer available to you, you should buy it and experiment with it and, and give it a give it a go. Well, see what and, this does and for don't, you. Here's the thing with these, these beers. Don't be put off by the label. Just because it has a religious person on it, don't <laughs> remember back to, you know choir practice or any of those things you know just because it looks past. like just because it looks like it was from 50 years ago <laughs> doesn't mean that it's going to be bad it, and this is true john's looking at a label that has a picture of a very very happy monk yes um but and, it and is a not, happy happy monk that is probably from a graphic artist that uh, was like you said half a century ago yeah Het capital i mean it's it's hand Potter. it's hand drawn it's hand colored the whole probably the whole label is is that way and it's it just doesn't have that American marketing look to it, and, <laughs> well, and 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 this is this is why we're talking about this because you know we're so conditioned to the way that a product looks by its label that you know we when we buy a beer and it doesn't matter what the beer is, all the things that we've had on the show practically have had these amazing labels. And they they look and they feel a certain way, and you 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 buy it, and you're comfortable with buying it. And you know that you're getting something that's, you know, that's a fresh ish product. Uh, you know, you don't feel like oh, I'm I don't know what I'm getting. Hmm. You know, it's like there's a there's a, a, a you know it's it's American marketing. Well, also there's the the beer, and I forget what its name was, but. Uh, I picked it up twice at City Beer, and it just looks like a German bottle of beer. Oh, that beer. Uh, I know exactly what beer that is. Yeah. yeah. It, the label is just like, <clears throat> this is a German beer. You yeah. can tell. It's it's like, once again, uh, my favorite, Radeberger from a million miles away. Radeberger looks like it's a German beer. Um, 
And a lot of the Belgian stuff, you get more cartoony, more artwork, more pictures and things on that. That if you had no words on this and you just showed this image, this image, this image, this image, you could, and it also flows through to English stuff. You would say that's that's an English beer, that's a Belgian right. beer, that's well, a if German you, beer. Well, if you compared this thing we just had, the Het Capital Ale, and compared this with New Belgium Brewing Company, you would not buy this beer. You would that, buy the that New Belgium. You, you would buy the New Belgium beer every single time because the label. You're 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 trusting the label more than you would. The West them. Mall looks German. The West Mall the, again is a very very simple label. It's yeah. not the type of thing that's going to going to reach out to you and and demand that you buy it, pick it off yeah. the shelf, and drink it. Uh, which is is very true, frankly, of all of these beers. Um, even the Vuv that we were drinking yeah. earlier is is a very very simple label. It's the type of thing that you have to look at to get any of the well the when characteristics. I, when I saw the label, I'm like we have to have that <laughs> because that's like this thing is this thing is going to be what it is. Yeah, and I, I think really the point is that you need to do once again your homework with some of these beers and start to learn the styles that exist, and then reach out when you find that style don't judge the book by its cover right. to to pull out you know a, a, a common phrase um but maybe experiment a little bit maybe stretch out maybe choose something that you wouldn't normally choose because you're going to find some things that are really really wonderful that exist behind labels that you wouldn't think contain something really delicious right well so here's the thing. The West Mall, this was six bucks for one of these beers. You're going to look at that and go, well, I can buy a whole six pack of yeah. something else. But I'll tell this you, is a small bottle of beer, too. T- this, is, this isn't even a 12 ounce no, beer. It's, a 11 11 ounce, it's 11. Yeah, it's 11.2. You're, gonna, you're going to taste this beer and be carried away to another time and another country and another place and. You may not like it at first. One of the things that I remember seven years ago, <laughs> specifically, the very first time that I went to the thing that Nico threw at the 21st Amendment, it was a Belgian tasting night. And he called it Beer School, but before beerschool.com We're going to send him a and d <laughs> <laughs> With a time machine? <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Anyway, I'm so so I'm I'm trying all these different beers and I didn't like half of them because my palate didn't accept the sour. It didn't it wasn't accepting it wasn't accepting this this super malt. It wasn't accepting these these flavor profiles that you know that I crave and want to seek out and be you know experienced today. That's um that's something that's. That's a good point to keep in mind as you start exploring into the Belgian beers. Um, as American beer drinkers, most of us are much more attuned to bitter type of beers. Um, even even a Budweiser or a Miller has a bitterness to it that, frankly, you're not getting in most of the Belgian-style beers. Mm-hmm. They're much sweeter as a general rule. They, they're they much more malt-forward, and they have a lot more complexity in the malts than most of the American-style beers that we're, you would pick up in, in your general everyday store 
are going to contain. Don't get me wrong, there are a lot of microbrew beers here in the United States that are very, very complex, but there are very few that are are as malt forward, that are as complex on the malt characteristics as you're going to be getting in Belgian beers. Yeah. And then, John, to your point as well, there's the entire sour character of Belgian beer, which you do not find anywhere in the United States. That's You not find true. very, very well. Okay. Good point. <laughs> there are, in fact, some people in the United States who are now experimenting with the sour character of beer that the Belgians have been dealing with for millennia. Yeah. You know, and, and there are some very good brewers who are producing now some very good sour beers in the United States. Um, so it's it's not true to say that you're not going to get that here in the United States. But in fact, there are, there's a lot more complexity, I think, in, in the Belgian in the Belgian market. And, that. you know, from an American point of view, just because it was aged in oak and just because it had bretomyces thrown into it, just because it was that doesn't make it automatically a great beer. Very true. And um, much like anything, just because you add a bunch of stuff in doesn't mean that it's going to do the magic that you need to make it a great beer. Right. Um, you know, like this, this West Mall, you know, there's... 500 years of experimentation that made this beer what it is the uh same thing with this you know it's like these these traditions didn't stop in 1918 just because some guy signed a signature on a thing saying it's not you know you can't have spirits yeah can't have beer absolutely you know these guys have been brewing beer for a thousand years and the law you're talking about was a what a law in 1919 that was put in place um oh prohibition yeah essentially prohibition where they disallowed belgian bars to to sell spirits it was Mm -hmm. spirits and the thing with that was okay this was actually a saving thing for belgian beers so they said no spirits in belgian bars they didn't say anything about beer (laughs) <laughs> so these, so the Belgian, exactly. so the so the Trappists and the Abbeys all said, "Well, we'll step up to this," and they they balanced it up. They they changed up these recipes and they made these amazing things. And they they made a lot of beers that were um, higher in alcohol. Right. Uh, again, however, um, and it's that not about tradition the, it's, it's was not about the higher a, a long alcohol. tradition before that. I mean, they they'd been brewing a lot of these styles well before 1919. When, when that law came into right. effect. So it was basically like, okay, well, we've been brewing this for 200 years anyway. We'll just make more of that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so this next beer we have is um, the... St. Bernardus. Thank you, Motor. The St. <clears throat> Bernardus Prior, which is about 8%. Um, it's very similar to the Heck Capital Hall that we just had. Mm-hmm. Um In fact, they're from the same town, and I brought this in because it's a good example of how even within a style, you can get a lot of variation. Um, In my opinion, I think this is a slightly more refined beer. It's slightly softer on the palate. It's slightly more integrated in its taste profile than what we just had, but it's very, very similar in, in terms of style. They're pretty much exactly the same kind of beer. I wouldn't have liked this at all. Which one wouldn't you have liked? I wouldn't have liked this. 
The Het Capital. Yeah, the Het Capital. I wouldn't have liked this at all had we had this first. <laughs> trying to figure out what it, what I'm smelling when I'm smelling this. The reason is it's like oatmeal cookies. <laughs> the reason is is that this is just a more, as you said, it's a more refined. <sighs> refined is the wrong word. Probably so, is. It's probably equally as refined, but. Mm. It's different. It's the, uh, the sweet profile. The orchestration is uh, the sweet profile is less. It's making it's something that I don't know from my West Coast spoiled palate. <laughs> this is more accessible to me than uh, the head. than the head capital. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, I had to look at that. I forgot <laughs> the name. Both of these beers are pretty hard to find in in the United States. I mean, you're not going to be able to find most of these by by going down to your local liquor store. Did you bring these back from Belgium? Or did uh, yeah, you find both them? of these have been brought back from Belgium. Um, so these are good examples of what you're finding in Belgium, but are not great examples of what you can find in your local liquor store here. Again, something similar that you can find is going to be the Chimay Red. It's going to approximate this kind of taste profile. It's going to carry forward some of the dried fruit character that you're getting out of it um some of the figs some of the dates that that i think you can taste it's definitely going to pull back some of the brown sugar character some of those rich sweet malts um figs but that's going to be the the best thing that you can find yeah. in the united oatmeal states raisin. easily is accessible oatmeal raisin cookies and oatmeal raisin the, cookies this doesn't leave the big malty well this all is all over my tongue this is this is sweet this is sweet yum Loved it. Had a really good time drinking it. But that would be the beer, if I had a choice, yeah. I would always grab one of those. Well, yeah, because it's a bigger bottle. <laughs> and and, and <laughs> no, that's a good point, no, too. No. I mean, the bottle is uh, at least twice as big as the, the Het Capital. So, <laughs> so the thing that says on the back, prior eight, it, is there a nine and a ten and eleven? Um, there is actually a six, I believe, that the St. Bernardus makes. There is also a 12 that the St. Bernardus makes. Um, St. Bernardus is very close to um, a Trappist monastery that many of us have heard about um, called West Flatteran. It's a very, very exclusive Trappist monastery, at least in terms of being able to get their beer. Mm -hmm. they, they don't sell commercially to, to distributors, um, to to big producers, to big importers, or anything like that. You really have to get this West Flatteran Trappist Ale from the brewery itself. Um, Watu, from where both the Het Capital and the St. Bernardus come from, are very close to that. And the West Flatteran monks actually learned their brewing or took many of their recipes from the older St. Bernardus brewery, which was working with those Trappist monks before they, they became, quote, Trappist as a designation. Uh -huh. um, so this is um, a beer that approximates that same type of offering that the West Flatteran monks still have today, which includes an 8% beer, a 12% beer, and a much lighter, almost a triple style like we started with, which is about 6%. And uh, St. Bernardus does exactly the same thing. They have a, a triple, they have this eighth that we're drinking. They also have what's called the APT, A-B-T, which is a 12% beer. 
Normally, I would read the back of the bottle. Oh, I can read this. You can. Prior is an excellent aperitif for connoisseurs of fine beers. Prior is a beer to savor quietly in the full realization that drinking is a true pleasure. And then the rest of it I can't read. Some other language. The thing that I find interesting <laughs> on the back, what John's referring to is it's in five different languages on the back. Uh, Dutch, French, English, Italian, and Spanish. It's not in German. Why? Probably because all the Germans are reading English. Now I don't. I don't know why. And that it. I. It. It interests me because I noticed that when I read the little the little blurb on the back, um, that if you're marketing to the to the EU or whatever, why not German? And is it because this is just something that's foreign to the the German palate and they stay away from it, or you know, because it's got or, Spanish. I mean, Germany borders Belgium. Spain is the other side of the. The con- you know the other side of the the uh, the well, maybe they continent. didn't have room and they just decided to, to you know use English instead of German. But Spanish and Italian are the same language. They're exactly the same language from as French. No, no, not French. I can't <laughs> French. from a Hele point of view, it's not the same thing. <laughs> that is an interesting Ooh, question, though, uh, Motor. I mean, I'm not sure why they don't include German. Unless they have specific bottles that go to Germany, they they may indeed. So that's that's my question. They on may have. They but may I have. like I like this. This is uh, once again the marketing on the on the uh, front of the bottle. You know, it's very it's not it's, something it's, that you would probably. I mean, it's it's, it's very. I think it's the brother, if not the yeah. twin brother of the guy on the the head capital. Yeah, they they may be. Although it's better product placement because it's easier to see the logo on his glass <laughs> than on his chalice type glass than it is here on the big German Stein. And and the monk on the Saint Bernardus is much 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 happier. Oh yeah. He's exactly. much happier. He's less Well, stern. his beer is further he's away. Much less Maybe stern. that's why. <laughs> well, he's got a bigger bottle. That's why he's happier. I think he has a bigger glass as well, but monks. But I love I love all the I love all the figgy free flavors. I mean, my my first thing was tastes like, you know, smells like oatmeal cookie. Uh so you get the oatmeal cookie and raisin, sweet brown sugar and all those those good things come together in the dates and The the, the one this, thing I I miss in this beer that I liked in the Het Capital is the viscosity of the Heck Capital. I liked the palette coating oh, I know. aspect of that. It, it's really very nice. And this is this is a much drier beer. It's something that doesn't coat your palate nearly the same way. Um, it, it, don't get me wrong. It's not a, a light-palated beer. It's <laughs> nothing like that. It, it's, it has a full palate to it. It, it's very big, but it doesn't have that sort of slick coating quality that the, the Heck Capital had. Well, I was, this, was a- this tasted like dessert. That tasted that tastes like the Heck Capital. Sorry, radio. <laughs> <laughs> tastes like dessert. The other beer tastes Saint Bernard. The Saint Bernard tastes. What's the Saint Bernard taste like? No, it doesn't taste like woof. It 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 has. Well, here's the. This is the, I used. I've used this before. This one tastes angrier, but not so angry. See, I'm just reacting to the. I don't like the. the, the you don't like, like grist or whatever on my tongue. I don't that multi thing. That's the head capital is like this, and this is just like a lot. It it could be like fermented figgy, brown mm-hmm. sugary deliciousness. 
that's that's what I like about this one. And the I don't the multi thing just never really. Yeah, but you've you've before. said that before. You don't like the multi, yeah, syrupy sweet. Oh, the multi well, thing. It, we're talking about mouth fillings. The mouth fill of just I can feel like this, even though it's not there. like I like I said the head. I would not have liked had we had it second. We'll just have to do that again. And see we'll have to, true. yeah. We'll have to reverse our uh, process of drinking next time. All right, and well, see if uh, it's true. Break out the credit card. <laughs> We're going to Germany or uh, Belgium. Belgium. <laughs> going to Germany. Off. I was sworn off Belgium. <laughs> next time we get on the Eurostar in London, it's going to Paris. If you, if that. beer school takes you to Belgium, you're going. Yeah. Well, and you know <laughs> this debate that we're having is is really indicative of what it is to sit in a Belgian cafe, to sit in a cafe in Brussels that offers to you twelve hundred beers, and to look at it and say, "I have available to me fifteen priors, fifteen <laughs> of these kinds of beers." And to have to sit there and and work through them and decide which is it that I I like best. This is a common experience for the beer traveler going to Belgium, is that you're confronted with this kind of experience all the time, having to work through beer after beer after beer. And what a curse. Having to work. Having to work through beer after beer. The (laughs) burden of being forced to decide between all these beers and which ones you're going to consume and enjoy. And in which order. So we're we're arguing about how many different beers. So on this stack of paper that I decided not to even throw in because it's been such an interesting conversation. (laughs) Haven't needed to. This one says 500 beers. This other one says 800 beers. It's six. It's six million, right? It's at least six million beers. As as Motor <laughs> and I were discussing earlier, there there is a beer for every person in Belgium. <laughs> There's ten million people in Belgium. Yes, according so to there the stack are at least ten million beers in Belgium. <laughs> All of our kidding aside, the number twelve hundred. <laughs> when you go to a bar, I mean, they throw a binder down, and how do you choose? It, like, it's so a, it's it a good question, and, and, and you know, I, I don't know what the papers in front of you have to say. They don't say um, anything about choosing. I don't know what they have to say about even the styles that are available to you, but it, you, you can easily go to a, a beer bar in Belgium and be confronted with 2,000 beers that you have to, to work through. Probably 1,800 of them are actual Belgian beers of one sort or another. How do you choose? My opinion is you uh, start with something you haven't tried. Yeah, you you choose start with you something choose you can't that pronounce. that you can't pronounce exactly. <laughs> Go you through, look find through that, and you, you you point at something and say, "I've never seen this, never heard of that. Bring it to me." You get into this thing, and they hand you a binder, and you start going through the binder. And we were discussing the binder. The beers can be presented different ways. Sometimes it's alphabetical by brewery, which is sort of if you're if you it, it would be nice um i know that um there's some places specifically that i know of in in vegas it gets at, darker um, every single moment i forgot what casino bottle. it is that you get a tablet pc to do the to do the wine list not the frog place and not to take no and not to take away the the old binder but it would be really nice to be able to search the beers in a database format because i've gone places where it seems really simple to figure out what beer you want because they're doing them by styles 
There are other ones where they do it alphabetically by the beer's name or the brewery's name. They do it geographically, which is nice, I guess, sort of. But the way the list of beers are presented in the binder when you go into these places, and there are a lot of them, um, even if, say, there are 500 beers. Um, Only 500 beers. You just, you <laughs> well, just so look you... at it and you don't – what I think Steve was getting at earlier and what brought, brought me to this train of thought about the binder is – Let's say you know that you like the St. Bernard's Priorate, and okay. they're doing by style. And so you look down the list, and you go, I know this one, I know this one, I know this one, I know this I don't know this one. I'll have this one. And then they come out with a bottle and the appropriate glass. That's the other thing. They're also like 1,200 pieces of glassware. <laughs> it's very true. <laughs> There's a different glass for every beer. And I'm sorry I got distracted by the... Uh, now you're distracted. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> you're talking about being distracted, and you're distracted. That's very postmodern. I was, I was <laughs> distracted by the GFC, and that's girlfriend candidate, and I forgot to hork the proper glassware from the bar. It was embarrassing for all of us, indeed. Did I have to tell the story about the little redhead girl again? Which one? The one in Bruges. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did I ever tell that story the first time? No, just you, you started. You started. You started to lament about the a year ago. A year <laughs> ago, uh, going to the Zythos Festival, um, I was with a, a posse of folks uh, that didn't include my friends from London. They were coming over and meeting us in Bruges when we I got met back those from people. Those Zythos. are fun. <laughs> and when I was speaking earlier on this episode about the atmosphere within the convention center or convention hall where Zythos was held. It was smoky. It was humid. We were drinking, 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 not eating. We got more beers out of the vending Pardon machine me. for the, the probably 45-minute train ride back oh, to Oh, that's Bruges. the cans In of Jubal- whatever. Jubiler and cans. I've got great pictures of that. Um, and when we get the photo section up, we'll throw that up on the, we'll throw that up on the site. That's uh, coming. And we get back to Bruges, and we were going to meet at the big Irish bar in Bruges. And the Irish Bar and Bruges is on about three different levels. And me and my posse uh, walk in, and we go through all three levels, and we don't find my friends from London. And so then I call them from one level, and they say, oh, we're down in this level. So we walk down to this level, and we see them at the bar. And as we go walking in, I'm at the end of about the five members of my posse. And as I walk past this table, there are these two young ladies uh, who said something to me. And for the life of me, I wish I could remember what they said to me to make me stop. It was like some sort of question. And I went over to answer it. And the rest of my friends went over to meet up with the other friends at the bar. And I just started talking to these these two women. And one was a brunette. And one was just this ravishing, gorgeous redhead. And um, as listeners of Beer School will know, that'll put, you know, if I'm ever in a, you know, you want the old spy movies where you have to send the spy in to, like, get the curly-headed, long-haired, redhead girl. Anyway, I just ended up hanging out with these these two young women that turned out to be on spring break from, you know, like I think it was the University of Virginia, and they'd gone to Paris on spring break, and then they'd come up to Bruges to go beer drinking, and that was the story of the little redhead girl. To the redhead nice. girl. Nice. To yes. the redhead girl. It, it's and the, beer the, drinking in Bruges. The best thing about this story is you can tell a lot of these stories and you never have pictures, and I've got a picture. And every, you know. Where is it? It's on my hard disk. <laughs> I bet it is. <laughs> Imprinted. 
imprinted on your hard disk. Two distractions. Yes, two distractions. You know what the problem was? The brunette was the one that was completely enthralled with me. And she was like an architecture, interior designer, whatever, at school. And the little redhead girl was just sitting there quietly. And I wanted to, like, draw a conversation out of her. So I paid more attention to her and lost the brunette. And at the end of the night, I lost everything. Architect girl. Uh, <laughs> how could you uh, blow it with architect girl? I know. I well, know. he didn't pay attention to her. I know. Obviously. I like, he he focused you? on the little redhead girl. Uh, you know, was also, everybody knows was from all, watching Charlie Brown. It was exactly. Girl. That you don't focus on the little redhead girl. You go Char- after Peppermint Patty. <laughs> you go after Peppermint You're Patty. You're probably not going to get any there either. <laughs> uh, isn't she? That's hey. only. No, that was from Family Guy. <laughs> We're not answering that. We're not, no, we're not. I'm not sure Peppermint Patty was. So. Have you seen? You're a fan, fan, uh, fan of Family Guy. Yes, I like Quahog Clams. The the episode where uh, Peter went to go find all of his old high school girlfriends, <laughs> <laughs> and Marcy open answers the door. He goes, Boss! "Oh yeah." <laughs> I do remember that now. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Oh, uh, where are we going next? Where are we going next? We have two choices, it seems. Yes, we have uh, two of the remaining six styles of Belgian beers in front of us. A goose and a... A goose and a sour brown. Sour brown. Hmm. Hmm. All right. We're going to go for the uh, the sour brown next. It's the Duchess de Bourgogne. Duchess de Bourgogne. Can never say the brewery, so I'm going to turn it over to Motor to pronounce that. Um, any beer that starts off Vichier, I don't know. Close Dutch. enough. <laughs> uh, there's a there's a story that I learned. There's a guy from. who lis- who listens who's from Belgium. He will he will he will call he the will robot. Tell us and, he will uh, call the robot two zero six 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 five three three eight. Call the robot and tell us how to actually pronounce. The, name the of that. brewer of the Duchess de Bourgogne from Brewery Verhege Victit. It could be German. It could be it's French. It could Dutch. be Dutch. That's totally Dutch. Wow, look at how dark that is by comparison to what we've been drinking so far. During one of those ill-advised... Yes, this is actually the darkest beer that we've we've poured so far today. Um, it's not going to follow... Even closely, the pattern we've been um, establishing with the dark beers we've been drinking so far. So the Duchess is going to give somebody the bird that yes. she's holding. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, she will. <laughs> I'm holding the bird. Um, she my- can't hold it forever. <laughs> you know, if you love someone, set them free. And if she loves that bird, she should set it free. To the bird. To the bird. The bird is the word. <laughs> Surfing bird. This is a, a very tasty beer. And this actually wow. is a pretty accessible beer for the style. It's, it is relatively hard to find, um, but... We just we when I say relatively hard to find, <laughs> it, it is actually something that, that a lot of beer stores are now carrying, um, and fortunately so. 
It's a really tasty beer. It has characters of balsamic vinegar to it. Um, very fruity, a, a big sour taste to it. Um, it's like much all my, like it's like all my favorite flavors all smashed into all one. All smashed together. It's this is, really delicious. If this is something, uh, if I wanted to be extravagant, that I think would be fun to cook with. Oh yeah, do a reduction with this. I could definitely see doing something like that with this beer. This beer has all of the characters you'd want to to pull out. Something porky. Mm. Yeah, I think you could do, do something it, really do it, interesting and porky with do this. Do it with a tenderloin, maybe do it with some... No, I don't think it would do a chicken proud, but a tenderloin? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Tenderloin would do really well. Or a fish? No, I don't, I don't know about no, fish. No, it would probably overpower a fish. I don't know if you did the... Oh, you know where... It would, you could probably even do something with vegetables. Ooh, yeah. I was, right was going to say, if you did a, if you did a, a, a salad... Dressing with this, do a reduction, a little bit of olive oil, some pepper, toasted raisins, toasted raisins, <laughs> channeling. You know, yes, and, and we are being. Um, that's we're not. Being, of, we are being recorded. We, <laughs> we're <laughs> not <laughs> let you know. And we're not. And these things aren't fans. <laughs> and we're not being funny when we say toasted raisins. John, you know, there's something that we toasted haven't done in a while. Raisins. What's that? Shout out to Michelle's mom. Oh yeah, Michelle's mom. So Michelle's mom, <laughs> if she listened through uh, the whatever the last episode was and is still with us, all of our fans who listened to the last episode and are still with us, we love you. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm so sorry about the last episode, <laughs> the one with Zappa in the title. Well, I had a lot of information, but see, it was sort of disjointed. The whole thing is it's always about the title. It's true. It's That's all, how John plans these it's things. I, it's all about the title. I came so, up with a title. How can we work a show around So that? the reason why the last episode was so late was I couldn't write a title. I couldn't figure out what to call that. And I can't <laughs> use that word because motor's that way. But I could not come up with a way of describing <laughs> the mess that was Zappa and the three beers I zappa and the three beers i i explained it as do you at least have the lagunitas beer here yeah of course. that's why that's we what inspired us that's right thank god for that there was a lot going thank on in that episode that. but structurally i think it's best described as we were in a gigantic room that was pitch black stumbling around looking for the light switch it's what we're doing today folks no we're not no, this this is, <laughs> no we have the lights on today this we is don't. actually this this show by comparison to zappa and the three beers is way more focused. Which is scary because we're all over the map. Doesn't matter. It's still this beer is so good. You should the Duchess did yeah, the Duchess long. the Duchess has done us proud. This is a beer that I specifically wanted to include because it it is one of the most accessible examples of a beer style that Anybody who likes beer needs to search out, and that's the Flemish Red. Um, it's an astounding style of beer. There are very few people still doing it. Everybody here I can see on your faces are just blown away by by this beer. Motor is is in the corner. Well, I'm quivering. Quivering I'm, I'm, in the corner. He had to pull the mic down to what, even say that he was what, quivering. What are some of the other examples of this? Um, some other good examples of this... 
Probably the best example, that, or my favorite example anyway, is the Rodenbach Grand Cru. Um, the standard Rodenbach is a great example. The same brewery here does what's called a Vicknar, which is another excellent example, slightly different, not quite as sweet as this one, a little more sour. Um, it goes all the way into um, uh, some other very rustic styles of this beer, some that aren't quite as sour, that are more leathery. Um, trying to think of a, a good example of of that the uh, like the Reinhardt Flemish Red is a great example of this same style of beer that isn't sour doesn't have the same sort of um, balsamic characters but has a lot leatherier quality to it. Well, I was having leatherier, leatherier. <laughs> That's, that's the word loaded, of the day. That's a leatherier here in San Francisco. Um, I was having the 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 I think regular Rodenbach up in Seattle about a month ago, and at the Browery. Yes, at, at, at Goodkirk. Yes, and uh, I'm trying to figure out what the difference is between those two. Trying to remember back what was on my palate at that time, and you know, let me let me uh, stop chatting and have a sip here and see yeah. if that. Jar some memories. Nobody really wants so, to talk about what goes into this beer. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this: toenails. If you have toenails, you should put them in the beer and then serve this to your wine friends, mm-hmm. because your wine friends will be all a Twitter with every word that they've ever used to describe whatever, and they're like, "This is a beer." A- a- absolutely, they'll be all chatty for the next ten minutes. Yeah, people. People find it hard to believe that this is actually an example of a beer. Um, before we came over, we had another example of something just like that. Um, the, what was it? The Creek, for, or the Framboise, rather, from um, Old Biersel, which is another beer that most people will taste and they'll, this is a beer? They'll ask, this is a beer? Yeah. <laughs> It's red. Is that a beer? Is it's that a red, beer? It tastes like cherries. It's, it's red. It tastes like yeah. It tastes like uh, raspberry. It tastes like cherry. Is this a beer? Well, it's like Lind- yeah. Lindemans is sort of all over the place now. I mean, that's the the most the the most widely seen of that style, the Lindemans Frambois. Yeah, absolutely. And it, you know, depending on where it goes, it could taste like you know Smucker's raspberry jam beer. Yeah, a, a lot of people in the beer industry would probably call that alcopop. Yeah, they would probably um, they would probably denigrate it a little bit, but frankly, it's a very accessible beer that is is something that a lot of people should try and uh, find if they if they don't know the Lindemann's lambics, and there's a whole range of flavors and styles that are available to people. They really should search those out. They should at least open a bottle of that and try it, it's going to give you a lot of character, a lot of uh, flavors that you don't normally have. Very much like what we're drinking right now. It's going to yeah. give you sort of the sweet, sour complex that you never get in American-style yeah. beer. Frankly, you don't get it in any other type of beer really in the world. Even the the sour beer that we started with earlier, the Berliner Weiss. Right never approaches this sort of same uh, sweet, sour complex and This looks less, and I don't want to finish it. I want it to like it's it. a hard thing to uh, 
to throw down your gullet because it's like, very uh, special. There's this much, and I, I have to save this for the guy in the other room because he's working hard. And, <laughs> and he's like, going to be blown away. Yeah, it, John, exactly like you said, if you have people who are into wine, if you have people who don't like the standard bitter character of beer, um, who don't like the normal washed out malt characters of beer that that you have to sort of work through in a pale ale or or a lager this is a this is something that you can really give to people and say hey so a couple sit down of and try this so a couple of things this has been out for an hour and a half from the cooler and it's the perfect temperature right now perfect temperature right like you don't want this to be cold if it if this beer is in the ice bucket you're destroying the beer yeah it's got to be around 65, 60, 65 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah. Sorry about that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, 65 degrees uh, Celsius is really where we want this beer. Sorry, I'm, I, I'm, an, Amer- I'm an American grown guy, and I kind of don't do that conversion to to uh, the sea very easily. But anyway. Well, that's a tough conversion to do. Yeah. Well, in, in, and 30. you're right. I mean, you want this beer approaching room temperature. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, I I would think that you don't want it to get 70 or 80 degrees, although it certainly will continue to expose qualities to it. And if if you're a beer experimenter, if you're somebody who is willing to sit down and experiment with a beer, this is a great example of something that you can experiment with from very cold to very, very warm. It would be it would be a great session. To have great this, session, a beer. great session to have this in the ice, and then let it warm up over the hour, maybe two hours, and just try it. You know, keep coming back to that beer and keep trying it. Oh, what you Absolutely. do is you, you take you take, say seven of them, you put them all in ice, and then before the the tasting starts, oh, take them six out. hours before the tasting starts, take the first one out. And yeah. then you just keep taking keep. them out. So you've got them, you have them all at one temperature, and then they're all warming to some temperature. And if you wanted to do the math, you could probably figure out it probably doesn't take seven hours to warm it up to whatever the room temperature is. It could be like three hours or two and a half or whatever. Um, the math's pretty easy. I think I learned it in college at some point, but, you know, that brings Exo- not terribly It's hard. exothermic or endothermic, whatever that is. <clears throat> Whatever's, whatever the conversion well, is. It's finding, <laughs> finding how all this goes. And it's, it, it's interesting to find beers that will that, – Will oh, taste good wow. across a, a spectrum of temperature. Okay, I'm so happy that I found this beer. This it's an excellent beer. If you can find the uh, Duchess de Bourgogne in any of your local liquor stores, it's something that you want to pick up and experiment with. Pick up a couple. This was five bucks, and I would say, if I had to drink a beer, one, this would be one I would would want to take home. <laughs> Absolutely, you're going to have no and, disagreement. And in from fact, well, all the in other fact, beers. I'm going to get two because I'm going to I'm going to say, "Hey, GFC, we're going to we're going to experience this," and then you know, and, and all the other beers have guys on the labels, John. That we can lose, <laughs> except yeah, for the and, move. And, and we this, this about one has a very, very, very pale lady on on the uh, label. We can lose the sea, and then I'm stuck with he is whatever a how, how whatever <laughs> goes on with it. Uh, but as far as beer styles are concerned. This is a beer style that most people will find very, very enjoyable. That is 
very unlike anything that they are going to be able to experience from their general 7-Eleven liquor store. You're not yeah. going to find this at 7-Eleven. You're going to have to go to a, a beer to, store, a liquor store out. of some sort. You have to seek this. I mean, even, you know, a well-stocked multi-tap won't have this. Oh, yeah. Very uh, very well, but, few people that you'll ever find are going to have but, this on tap. But your Belgian beer bar that exists in lots of places around the United States now. They're all going to have Lots this. of places around the world are going to have this beer. And if they don't have this one... They'll have something like They it. will have Rodenbach. a Flemish Red. They will yeah. have Rodenbach. They will have... <laughs> they will have a Reinhardt. They, they'll have something... How about something. a Henry Weinhardt? Do they... they they'll probably <laughs> not have a Henry Weinhardt's Weinhardt. What about Weinhardt's Red? Is that Wein, the, Henry no. Weinhardt's Red? Not even close to that. Yeah. It, it, frankly, there, there's no... There is no real style in the United States, style tradition in the United States that approximates this. And once again, when I'm saying that, I'm not meaning to denigrate any of the, the brewers out there well, who are, who are experimenting has, and producing sour beers and even some right. sour reds. There are, Vinny has not made that. this beer. Sean O has talked about making this beer. I don't believe, yeah, Sean O has made this beer. I think that there are probably some people who have tried to make Something like no, this. he doesn't. Sean O hasn't. He's talked about making it. He hasn't made it. He doesn't have the place to do it. <laughs> it's you know, it's got to be aged a certain way. It's it does. You know, it's it. This is this is a commitment to. This is a beer that has critters in it. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. For lack of a better word, this is a beer that has more than just a lactobacillus. It has more than a Britannomyces. It has some strange bacterias that are probably adding some character to it. So when they made it, it was open fermenter in maybe, the farmyard. Maybe not. Maybe it's maybe hard not. to say. They, um, I to be honest, I, do, I don't. I've never been to this brewery. I haven't seen their operation. It may be open fermenters. It may just be the fact that they've been brewing beer for so many years on the same equipment that they have developed it's the house yeast they've developed the house house yeast and that house yeast is more than just yeast it's It's a particular yeast strain and a lot of different bacteria and when doug died with his allergies stopped sneezing in the in the uh in the brewery the everything changed everything well if it didn't change it might if you tear that brewery up no no and, no, and no let's what, just take no, that but, this like, for like, a moment to say that, that that a lot of these styles of beers are on the verge of disappearing i mean these are not the types of beers that that are accessible to the general public that that everybody is drinking these beer styles and pretty much everything that we've had tonight is something that struggles to continue existing right that you need to pay attention to, that you need to go out and find. Because just like you said, John, when the dog dies that was coughing into the the pipes, if you tear that out, if you change something, it it may be gone. Yeah. Well, uh, So I think you you need to keep it. You you need to work on it. We need to... Here's... I've said for five years... Does the American palate that has discovered Belgian beers ruin Belgian beers? Does Belgium chase the American palate to be able to save themselves? Or do they say, we're going to continue to make beers exactly like we have been for a millennium? 
and we're going to ship them over here. And hopefully the beer geeks will find us. Mona, I know you had something to say while I'm uh, opening this last beer, which is actually a really great example of answering that exact question. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, the reason we go out and buy something different and search something out is because we like it and we find that it's better than what we can find where we are. And, um, you know, Fiat didn't start building, you know, seven-person sedans to, to get in the American market. And Mercedes, you know, may have come close. But um, you're not chasing that. And I don't think the Belgian beers are chasing it. I think they're finding that there's this whole market that's supporting people, supporting breweries, because all of a sudden they have this new export market here where we're more than happy to pay this price for the beer. I don't know how much of it's shipping. I don't know how much is going to the distributor. But um, we're keeping a lot of these places alive. And we're also reinterpreting what's there to get more people involved to then, you know, say if you can go down to your local and you can get a Belgian beer at this time of the year or that time of the year, and then uh, for the price of a regular pint, and then you go out and you find that there's a teeny tiny bottle that costs 150% of your usual pint, you're going to try that to see what the original was. Sure. You know, you listen to the Beastie Boys, you want to go back and listen to Parliament or something to find out where they're where they're getting their samples from. So you want to go back and understand what the original is if you're the connoisseur or if you're just at least curious. Exactly. Sorry, I'm looking up the the rest of the... That's a good segue into uh, what we're drinking now, which is uh, the Monk's Cafe Goods. I, I brought this beer... Um. Not only because it's an excellent, excellent beer, but it's an example of American beer connoisseurs and beer lovers who are working hard to ensure that we continue producing the traditional styles of Belgian of Belgian beer. This is a beer that um, Tom Peters from... Monk's Cafe in Philadelphia, in Pennsylvania, has been working with the Cantillon Brewery in Brussels to produce. And he has spent a lot of time, Tom, examining the the casks and the beers that one of the most traditional breweries in the world, the Cantillon Brewery in Brussels, has been producing. And he's been doing it specifically to ensure that he can produce a style of this beer, which is Guz, which is a a Lambic-style beer, a sour-style Belgian beer, that he can then sell to the American public, that he can produce and he can have delivered to us not to change that style, but to expand that traditional style so that hopefully... Cantillon, and as you guys taste this beer, you're going you're going to acknowledge this is not a beer that is accessible to most people. No, <laughs> this but, is this is the best way to describe a beer like this: the Everest of beer. <laughs> it's you know, pretty. It's pretty much up there. <laughs> going going back to a story I've told before. Um, yep, when Everest. I was a little, when I was a little oh. freshman in the dorms in college. I could keep a six-pack of Anchor Steam in my fridge because everybody else said it tasted like fish heads. 
And if I was going to channel that same spirit and uh, uh, into describing this beer, I would say this is like pulling Dr. Scholl's out of old gym shoes and steeping them in warm water and sipping it. It's pretty pretty damn close to saying that. Yeah. And, and that, but mm. that having been said, this is probably my favorite style of Belgian beers. This is <laughs> this is pretty close to my favorite style of Belgian <laughs> beers. And and taking what Motor just said, that this is this is in essence like taking out uh, gym socks, soaking them in water and then uh <laughs> John's ringing, ringing them out here for us in, in on over the table. Yeah, collecting that uh, sweaty musty rank type of character and all of you are thinking we're crazy here for for talking about this is no, the pinnacle this is, of beer. This is this is a wonderful style. The scary thing is this is the base camp of Everest. Yeah. yeah. This is this beer that we're we're drinking today in my opinion, and, and to Tom's credit, is something that has been produced to make this style of beer accessible yeah. to the American public. Well, this is this is Goose One Hundred and One. This is Goose One Hundred and One. This is this is a perfect Goose. On a, on this a... is a Goose that is exactly what you would want to drink. We have many many layers. Of climbing to go through this style <laughs> when you of beer. When you get to, to twenty seven thousand two hundred and thirty two feet, that is that is a that is a totally different, you know, Bugs Bunny pucker factor, unexpected. Yeah, this isn't this Absolutely. isn't flinchy at all. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I was all ready. I had the airbags all around me, ready to taste this, and it was like, what? Oh, the. What was I? All? I was I was braced for impact for no reason. Yeah, I, I chose this specifically as an example. I chose this specifically as an example of an American person. This is branded under an American label. Yeah, so here's it was produced in Belgium. It's branded in America. This is something that a very dedicated person in our industry is wanting to make accessible to more and more people. And has blended up something that is, well, f- deliciously delicious. accessible. Yeah. So here's the thing: this label, very much an accessible American style label. <laughs> By comparison to the prior eight, which looks like it was from 50 years ago. Yep, absolutely. This is very much in the style of uh, the New Belgium, the the stuff that. We're seeing uh, from Dogfish Head, you know, that, you know, it's like, okay, the artwork is clean. Exactly. It's a, you know, it's an inviting label. I can trust it. It doesn't look like it was made forever ago. It might be actually be fresh. Um, it's, in, it's in a green bottle. It's it probably might be not fresh. Crap. So this is out of all the beers we've had so far, this is the only green bottle. This is the uh, the only green bottle that we have. It's... um. It's kind of interesting that way. The acidity in this beer, and that may, and the green bottle may actually be driving some of that flavor. It may indeed. It wouldn't surprise me at all. This beer is unlike any of the other beers that we have worked through tonight. In a lot of ways, the um, one thing about about this is. It's put together by somebody who owns a bar, who's a publican, and who's not a brewer. 
And the branding on this is Monk's Cafe. It's not a brewery. It's um, it's it's first saying Monk's Cafe, which has the reputation in Philadelphia that you know this is what we're about. It's not some brewery taking it on. It's a it's a it's a, a publican in his in his beer bar. Yeah, absolutely. It's also a publican who loves beer. Right. Tom loves beer like nobody I've ever met loves beer. And um, that's saying a lot because I know a lot of the people you've met. <laughs> yeah, and you know me. <laughs> um, Tom went and and worked carefully with the brewers to specifically choose the beers that made this this beer. This beer is once again the style of beer itself is, is something that is wholly unlike anything that we've been talking about tonight. This beer is a blend of beers. This beer is not a single beer like every other, every one of the other five beers that we have tasted. This beer is made up of beers that have been brewed over a three-year period of time and then have been carefully selected from multiple beers brewed in that three-year period of time to be blended together. And there have been three beers that have been selected that have been brought together to make this. It, so it's also so an example. Sour, so the sour's there, but it's not the and the bitey's there, but it doesn't have the lingering characteristic. That's, that's one of the things that was selected from the various beers that existed. They could have selected something that was very biting. Yeah. They could have selected something that had a much, much longer lingering finish. And anybody who is willing to take the time to explore the Cantillon beers or really the Lambic styles of beers, the traditional Lambic good styles of beers beyond Lindemann's, is going to find that there are many, many variations on this. Some linger more. Some are, some are more effervescent. Some disappear almost immediately. But Some of the sour stays with you some, for five minutes. Some of the sour will stay with you for days. You will, you will be <laughs> left, as, as our friend Michael Jackson has said, you will be no stranger to the bathroom from beers like this. <laughs> these, these are complex beers that have a lot of room life. to, a lot of life, a lot of room to explore. These are also some of the the rarest beers on the planet. These are some of the things that are disappearing the quickest. Okay, so I have fastest. to. I'm gonna I'm gonna gonna use the uh, caution flag here. Don't run out and buy this beer. Okay, so we've just gone on and on and on and on about how wonderful this thing is, and if you have never tried this style of beer before, you will hate it. You will. You will absolutely. You will not like it at all. You're going to taste it and go, "What the hell were John and Stephen Motor just talking about?" Because this thing is in. You know, it tastes like they left it out in the light. It tastes infected. It tastes. It tastes gross. like somebody just rinsed out their gym socks and run it into yeah. my glass. Well, no, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. No, take- no. I'm just. I'm just gonna say if you if you're the guy who just says, "Oh, I just heard these guys talk about the best beer in the whole world," then I'm going to go and find this. And your beer is a Budweiser. 
you're going to be sorely disappointed. You're going to be you're going to go what the hell? And I'm I just gonna, I just wasted 20 bucks on a bottle of beer that I don't like. I'm okay. going to I'm going to I'm going to take I'm going to take the counterpoint on this one. Okay. Go out and get it. Go, go out, out go out and spend 20 bucks and then sit down and try to figure out why this why, it why is, this we is interesting. Like it. Okay. And maybe take it in little pieces. I mean it's like going out and listening to music. Go what the hell is that? Mm. And then over time trying to figure out what the components are that make this interesting and what it is and it's not like John says you open this and you know this is this is a a a, a flinch factor of one on what the style of beer is but start to understand what those flavors are and what this is i mean imagine imagine mixed drinks imagine going from uh some really sweet cocktail to say a a really straight up um uh margarita Right, where you get a lot more. I mean, there's a, a sweet whiskey drink to like a straight up margarita, or it's a gonna, slutty martini, a slutty martini, <laughs> uh, or or go to a really woody uh, peaty scotch. Yeah, but a woody peaty scotch. At exactly. the same at the same time, uh, if it's your friend's place and he loves this, don't take it. Pour yourself a pint glass of it. Uh, Sip it and throw it down the sink because that's licensed to get your your yeah. butt kicked. <laughs> um, in my house, <laughs> like, whoa, whoa, what whoa. Is you, it? you would not I, be in good shape. I would have had that. I'm like, what do you think? Exactly. <laughs> or you might just find this. That, a a that, good this story is, um, comes a good to mind. Story. As a matter of fact, uh, Motor, when you, you mentioned that, um, I, I was doing my travels in Belgium, and I was at the Delirium Cafe. We we've mentioned the Delirium Cafe a couple of times. This is the three forty five every day is when all the high school students show up. That's exactly. I was there. <laughs> I was there earlier than that. Um, three forty five is the time you learn to avoid. But the Delirium Cafe is a beautiful, beautiful, oh, I you're beautiful beer bar <laughs> that you want to go to in Belgium. It's the one that has two thousand five beers available to you. It's the one that has Absinthe. a six inch binder. Of a list of beers that you need to work through. Pretty much you just give it back and say, yes, please. And sitting there, I witnessed a group of people come in and order one of every Girardin Lambic style. Girardin being um, a comparable style to what we have just been drinking, the the Cantillon um, goods. And I, I witnessed them order one of every style. They have a cherry style. They have a, a raspberry style. They have two unflavored styles. And I watched them all walk out of that bar. And I watched the bartenders look at each other in dismay and say, what are we supposed to do with this? We can't. Hey, there's five bottles, five seven fifty milliliter bottles sitting here on the table <laughs> that have had essentially one glass poured out of them, and the people stood up and left. And I watched them start to pour that beer down the drain. And Justine, the famous Justine, will attest that I leapt over tables and leapt over the bar <laughs> to confront a person who did not speak English as their first language. Stop. Please! And said, please, <laughs> please do not do that. We'll take them. We'll take I will, all. I will take it. I will drink it. I will drink it all. <laughs> because we'll, it, we'll it pay. was such a shame we'll to watch that yeah. go down the drain. Uh, to the point, don't I've, be, uh, do not pour it down the drain. 
find somebody that can put a cork in it and send it to better yet <laughs> 563 second street. <laughs> yeah, yeah 63 second street sean and i will drink it motor and i will drink it john and i will drink it we'll all drink it together in fact in the, the weirdest thing ever was somebody who listens to the show found me there claudia said hey one of your fans <laughs> is sitting at the end of the bar and I'm like okay and he was like my cranium that's so cool that you're talking to me i'm like all right well Come on, I'm just this guy. I have so I have a podcast about John. Beer. You have the number one podcast on iTunes, and you've had it for like six or seven months straight. How now. cool is that? You know, I still think it's a scam. I don't know it's not I... just because I <laughs> hang out with the guys that have no. I'm not going <laughs> to reveal my. We have a little bit more of this. Do you want some more? Oh, oh absolutely. And well, speaking you know, of not pouring it down the drain, better. Yet, speaking of not pouring it down the drain, don't pour it down the drain. Don't walk away from it. Stand up to it. Learn, like a, learn, stand up to it. Learn to learn. Torture to, yourself a well, little bit. Here's work I can, through this. I can, learn from it. I can give you an example of what what it's like from a music point of view. Because we had the last show was called Zappa and the Three Beers. So the thing was is that when I first started oh, listening. When I first started listening to Zappa and the music that he produced, I was not a fan. I didn't understand it. The The rhythms were off. The The lyrics were weird. The fact that this thing was all orchestrated and done, there was no melody that I could understand. And then the more I listened to it, the more I understood what was going on. A good example of a, the weirdest thing you'll ever hear is a thing called G-Spot Tornado <laughs> off of Jazz from Hell. <laughs> right? Listening to G-Spot Tornado is a lot like drinking a goose beer. Absolutely. Indeed. Absolutely. Because it's like 13.9 is the, <laughs> is the, you know, normally music is 2.4 or 2.2 or... It was 13.9. <laughs> you know why? Because he could. Because he could. <laughs> He's like, 13.9. Let's see, that's a prime and a non-prime smashed together on top of each other. <laughs> well, it's like it's like Brubeck. If you mm. figure out what uh, yeah. Brubeck was doing 50 years ago now, that's trippy weird. It is. How do you draw that? <laughs> this is the same kind of thing, exactly that. You're going to taste it. You're going to be like... Where did that come from? Right. What is this all about? And, uh, this ain't no Sierra Nevada, baby. And someday, you know, it may take you two years to like it. It may take you three years to like it. Just because you don't like it the very first time. In fact, any of the beers we just tried tonight. Just because you don't like it the first time doesn't mean that you are somehow deficient. That you're somehow defective. That you're somehow, you know, not a beer drinker. It's just that you don't have the vocabulary in your mouth to be able to describe what those flavors are you don't have the vocabulary you don't have the experience with it which means spend some time and that's and that's what beer school is all about you know it's like sure you may have a beer all of us have a go-to beer every beer every person what's your go-to beer rataburger anchor steam (laughs) it is don't laugh like I'm, if I no if problem, I that's a great if beer. I if I can't make up my mind if I'm like totally stuck it's Anchor or it's uh, Sierra Nevada but it's less Sierra Nevada but it's more Anchor and uh, or it's you know Full Sail you know it's one of these one of these distinctive style 
West Coast beers that that are there. Um, if Olympia. I go, in, if I go into if I <laughs> if I go into Toronado and I'm like looking at the board and like, you know, I have deer in the headlights look. You know, blind pig, blind pig, Pliny the Elder. When I'm, not, blind, when I'm not feeling like a Radeberger, it's blind pig, blind pig, Pliny the Elder, Bombay by boat. You know, something West Coast, big and hoppy, and you know, full of full of uh, full of that. I was going to use another metaphor for the Cantillon and the sour beers. What metaphor is that? You know, the first time you get tied up and spanked, you're like, why do people like this? <laughs> <laughs> Well, and this is something everybody in the audience can relate to. Yeah, tied up and spanked. Yeah, well, the first time you've been tied up and spanked, we can all relate to that. Yeah, we exactly. all we all understand. Exactly. And after a while, you understand the subtlety and you know everything that goes on. The I'm just gonna. Emotions. I'm just gonna. Soon, say, you're asking to be tied a little tighter. I'm just gonna say this: the very the reason why I forgot the glasses that we should be drinking out of. I was distracted. <laughs> he was. He was indeed. Mm, girl. <laughs> there were hands resting on thighs. You saw all that, didn't you? <laughs> Nothing got by you guys. Deep, all deep got, glances it, into it each other's got, eyes. It all got by me. <laughs> I'm simple that way. <laughs> so the homework. The homework is beer. Homework is beer. Uh, Find you have, yourself a lambic of some sort. You know, um, Lindemann's Pesh. If that's all you can come up with, no, we buy have, yourself a Lindemann's Pesh. We had we had that on the show, and the thing was is that from a summertime point of view, that is a great big peaches. Tastes wonderful. Absolutely. The Lindemann's poem is the the famous Justine loves the Lindemann's poem. We looked at Lindemann's poem before we came here. In Lindemann's It's it's tasty. I have I have witnessed the Sacred River Ram. I have witnessed non beer drinkers converted to drinking beer over the Lindemann's Frambois. Hmm. Um, That's a wonderful beer. If this is the only beer you can find in the Lambic style, get it. Notice the sour quality to it. That's characteristic. Look for that in in the next one you find. So look for look for a triple, for example. You know, and it doesn't have to be this West Mall. There's there's literally hundreds of examples of triple. Hundreds, hundreds of examples. You know, and and experience. The coriander and the the banana and the orange for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Pick Ex- some things out and, and go from there. Exactly. In other words, if there's a beer you haven't consumed, well, no, and, and consume buy it. it. So drink it. So the homework really becomes find you can't go to your gas station. Can't go to your just your your quote, and I'm using air quotes. I don't know. Just, I'm sure we could find a gas station around here that has. Well, here, duh. <laughs> we can go to random place over by Zeitgeist, and they've got Belgian beer in the in the cooler. Hey, nobody sent in their homework on going to their local and writing down every single beer that they can get out of the cooler. There's one you know, guy that, that is has, that is there. That yeah, there's is, one um, one guy that did some that. good homework. Did you survey your local liquor yeah. distributors? My, my corner market has a hundred twenty-five beers in their cooler. Nice, and that's that's uh, variations on 
You can get Bud in a 24, Bud in a 16, yeah. Bud in a 12. But no, it's 125. It's 125 beers that run the gambit. <laughs> it's a good time. Anyway, no. So yeah, homework. Find homework. yourself a Belgian beer. Find yourself a Belgian beer. It doesn't have to be Stella. Could be. It doesn't have to be one of these six. There Could are be. over 10 million available to you. You can try Who Garden. That's you, you. You may try Who Garden. You can, and uh, if you're in Seattle and you go to the <laughs> uh, Bottle Works Browery or Bottle Works, you can actually find it on tap in a real keg. Mm. That's and you know what a keg that's, is. Uh, that's something to try because mm-hmm. it's not it's not the same as in a bottle. It isn't because it has to be stored cold the whole entire way. And it's a different, it's a totally different experience. You know, a keg is, and nothing. it comes in the right, it comes in the right glass. If you get it at the, uh, the Barking Dog over on uh, off of uh, Finney, off of Finney Ridge. <laughs> the Barking Dog. I've, I've never been to the Barking Dog. Well, the Barking Dog has kind of an outside thing, fun place. I don't know if it's still there. I was last time I was there was a year and a half ago. It's probably still there. But the fun thing about Seattle is it has all those little neighborhood places that are just a stagger from your your house or the bus or the whatever. Kind of repeats itself. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be in Seattle in November. How come? The Mighty Golden Bears will be playing the Husky Dogs. Oh, am I going to that show too? I don't know. Talk to Jaime. He's the one buying tickets. What? I was buying... What? I was, Talk to Jaime. He's the one buying tickets. I bought tickets from Jaime, okay, but I don't I remember. I don't know what thing I was <laughs> buying tickets for. He yeah, just said, are, he just sent me a thing saying, are you in? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm in. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, Cal beat Tennessee Good for last it. weekend. Just had to say that. Right. How did your uh, seven gallons of... Uh, seven, seven and a half liters of uh, grandmother's recipe whiskey sours. Did it work? They were well received. Nice. Yes. Got to have a lot of ice in your cup, though, when you pour those. Otherwise, the bug will get in them. It's a 50-50 solution. All right. Well, I think – thank you very much, Steve, for being on the show. Anytime. Hope we have parting it was uh, enjoyable. We have parting gifts. What parting gift is that? Uh, empty beer bottles. Oh, yeah. Nice. Well, we have, to, we have to take a photograph of them with the uh, – you know, for the class – Photograph that are missing from the last two shows because but I saved all the bottles. There is I thought that. we took pictures the last times. Now we're missing the okay. missing the memory card and the camera. Excellent. Ah. So the photographs got taken, sort of. <laughs> the photographs were taken, and then they were taken. They went to somewhere, but I don't know where they. Exactly. They went to one twenty seven dot zero dot zero dot zero. Somewhere in the local ether. <laughs> they went to local hosts <laughs> dot whatever. We're not sure which one. They but... got eaten somewhere. <laughs> the bits got written. They're still there somewhere. Somewhere. If we can just figure out where. <laughs> space and time. <laughs> Speaking of space and time, we just got one last thing to say on beer school, and that is... Class <laughs> Dismissed! <laughs> and then we babble. And then we're out of beer. Nice. Babble. Babble, babble, babble. Yeah, babble. it's that way. Excellent. That was a, thank you very much for being on the show, everyone. 
Well, John, of course, don't I have to be on the show? No, you don't have to. Isn't, that, isn't, isn't my contract for 10 years at no pay? <sighs> no, you're... Okay, so your contract is that uh, we get I to, lost a bet, didn't I? And I have to do this show for 10 years? Pretty much. Okay. But the thing is, is that I have to start paying for everything at some point. Oh, God. What do you mean, oh, God? That means, like, that means I'm... You know, we're going to Seattle. We're going to... I've been to Seattle. New Jersey. Portland we're, again. I miss we're going, Portland. We're going to New Jersey. I miss Portland. We're going to New Jersey. We're going New Jersey? To, yeah, Dogfish Head. Ah. We're going to do a show from there. Excellent. We're, we're going to go to Petaluma. That's coming up soon. We're going to... Um, this Chico? Is, we're going to Chico. How fun is that going to be? We're we, going we have friends to 11th there. Avenue. Where's that? In San Francisco. Oh, yeah. We're going to 11th Avenue. Uh, we're going to... Berkeley. Oh yeah, we have that's, Salzburg. Oh, we're going to Salzburg by the Bay. No, this is the best thing. Is the next the thirteenth next yes. week? We're going to uh, uh, Three Rock, Triple Rock. Yes, America's oldest original brew pub. Exactly. We have an interview to do with a with a very important VIP and other brewers that will be there. The four breweries older than Triple Rock are Grant's Brewing in Yakima. Uh, Buffalo Bills in Hayward, Mendocino Brewing in Hopland, now Ukiah, and I believe it's Manhattan Brewing that's no longer there. But Triple Rock's the only one that's still owned by the original owners and still open in the same location. Wow. So we're going to have to um, wear hats or something. Wear hats, watermelon wheat hats or something. <sighs> Sacrilege. Okay. Not Triple wearing... Rock. I'm going to have to break out my Roaring Rock sweatshirt. Something like that. Hat, 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 hat. Duck, duck, goose. <laughs> so we did our shout out to Michelle's mom. Michelle's mom. Our biggest fan. Who knew all the details of what everyone was doing. I know. That's scary. That is weird. She's going to worry about my spider bite now. <laughs> She's like the guy who wrote in and was like, hey, where, where are your shows? How come you guys haven't done a show lately? I'm like, well. Oh, we've done shows. I was like hungover from the tequila and motor got bit by a spider. And the guy was like, I can relate to the whole spider bite thing. And I'm like, dude, figure of speech. <laughs> I have to say this, that uh, Paul from Boston, sorry, dude, missed you. It was last Friday. He was in town. He was supposed to, I was supposed to meet him, but I didn't have my email on for whatever reason. And then finally turn it on. And then it's like too late to figure it out. What's that? We're not in beer school anymore. We're still on. Are we in meat school? <laughs> anyway, on. so he said he got to the 21A. He got to Zeitgeist. He got to Tornado. He got to Magnolia. And he finally had Pliny the Elder. Sweet! Yeah, pretty nice. I got to most of those places in one day last weekend. And had Pliny, <laughs> and had Pliny the Elder at all of them? No. Anyway, supposedly in Boston, it's illegal to have a happy hour. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> I thought happy hours were illegal. No, never mind. That's ladies' night. Guests were too prone to drunkenness. Yeah, Boston, guys. I think we blew a fuse there. You want to go? <laughs> how does it? How do the Boston kids say it? I like the Jersey kids. Yeah. Went out last night, went out, got tuned up. Let's go fuck up some smart kids. <laughs> <laughs> that's not very sweet. That's what they say. So they go beat up MIT students? Pretty much. That's not nice. 
don't like beating up MIT students. Right? Not me. Have you ever bet? Have you ever beat up a? He beats Stanford students. No, we just torment them. Just torment them. <laughs> we also like to tor- we we like to tor- torment UCLA students. Too. I like how the Belgian. We had, an old, we had an old cheer when I was in school. Used to they're they're nine they're they're now ten schools in, in the University of California system, and when I was getting into school, Merced. you could only apply to one, and then you got to write down your second choice if you were redirected. So, the the cheer when we play UCLA is hey UCLA, how does it feel to be redirected? <laughs> oh. I have, a num- tastes- I have a number of good friends who went to UCLA. This man. tastes like oranges left out. You mean like my whiskey sours? I think I mean, it tastes like cheese, personally. But Cheesy mm-hmm. oranges. <laughs> I, smell cheesy cheese. oranges. I smell cheese, but I taste oranges left out. Oh, I totally smell the cheese. Wow. So what do we have here? This is Le Gourmand. From uh, Phantom Brewery. Uh, their telephone number, in case you want to call up and see if they have any in stock, is 086-477-7044. You know, next time, next time we do the show, we're going to have a little no, another little thing right here. It's the dial us in. So we'll be able to actually, instead of calling the robot, you'll actually be able to call a real 415 number. But John, that, that talk would to mean that we would have to do the show at the same time every week. No, not at all. So we just post that we're going to be doing the show at this time? No, the, what that means is that I'm going to uh, email random people and say, hey, we're doing the show tomorrow at this time. So stand by. We should get push on the air. Push will be on the air. <laughs> we could call Push right now, but I don't have the phone over here, so we can't call him. <laughs> or Sven. Sven, you know, we know Sven's real name. We know Push's real name, too. I went drinking with those boys in Pasadena. It's weird. They're fun. That they have, a they re- that they have real names. <laughs> well, you need a Bush, nickname, don't you, John Sven. Foster? No, I don't. My nickname is John Foster. And the thing that's the funniest is... <laughs> <laughs> the funniest thing is not that. The funniest thing is that that Push Eject's wife's name is Mrs. Eject. Which every time I hear that, it just makes me laugh. Indeed, especially if you know any Bauhaus. <laughs> I don't know. Do they have a kid named Give Me the Tape? I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure they have kids because that's the only reason Give why. Give me and the That's tape? the only reason why you get M'd anymore. <laughs> I thought it was because you found a beautiful, rich woman who's going to support you for the rest of your life. That's my goal. Or because you stopped smoking. <laughs> oh, there's a story behind that. I'll give you that. <laughs> Stop smoking. Do you smoke after sex? I don't know. I never looked. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so once again, what do Brutes and Hogan's Heroes have in common? <laughs> Oh my gosh. That guy. I have to print that someday. We'll read it on the air. Not. I made an offhand comment about how Roots and Hogan's Heroes were a lot in common. You told me about that. We got a little little hate mail on that one. We got hate mail on that one. 
<laughs> Sorry. You know, if we can't be controversial on the internet, <laughs> on, the, can on, we the, be? on the after show, like we keep it clean during the beginning of the show, and then at the you after said the F word. This I year. did, but I was using a box Boston. Are we allowed accent. to say the F word now? Not we're, on the internet. We're uh, we're office compatible on the show. <laughs> But if, you're gonna say, but, but if you're going to say, remember that. But if you're going to say we're going to go do some uh, f up some smart kids, <laughs> you got to use the Boston accent, and then you can get away with that. F that's up some s kids, some smart kids, s kids, smart kids. They're not smart. They're s kids. They're s kids. <laughs> what does the T in MIT stand for? Tard. <laughs> I, was, I thought. Ouch. No, I was going to say Ted. <laughs> Oh, we threw him under the bus last time. No, he's never going to listen to this far. In the uh, the the episode before that, I attempted to jump under the bus. So it's all about buses. <laughs> you tried to jump under the bus and it didn't work. We were debating this earlier. Unless well, the bus I, was going more than twenty five miles an hour, it would have made no difference. The bus <laughs> might have had more damage than more. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so where do we go from here? Back to the 21A and play iPods. No, I'm saying intellectually. Intellectually? (laughs) I'm worried we've peaked again with this show. What? We... we, No, so we have the... No, no, we have the fruit beer show. We have... uh, Yeah, Gromithead needs to be on. Exactly. And um, I think the whole uh, beer as literacy show still has yet to come. Beer as literacy? Oh, yeah, smart kids. Yes, it'll probably get my ass kicked by... Well, and and uh, Justine has not been on the show. Wasn't she on the show? Justine's never been on the show. <laughs> just just her uh, her other half. Gabbed heart and Amy. Just just Gabby and Amy. Just Gabby and Amy. <laughs> I always get those two confused. Anyway, <laughs> Gabby and Amy. How could Which you one? Gabby, Gabby and, and Amy just, or Gabby, Gabby and Justine? Justine. Yes, yeah. uh, many I'm people missing, do. I'm missing the J chromosome. <laughs> Justine or maybe I have the, the tall one. You know what? You know what's? You know what's funny though. You know what's funny is when you're reading the Brewing Network forum, which Motor's wearing a BN Army shirt. I am in honor of you know JP and and, and Doc Chad. And, and Chad and that other guy. Yeah, that other guy. Justine, right? Yeah, Justine. yeah, yeah, yeah. Justine. No, it's so funny to see when they when the kids on the Brewing Network on the forum. They're typing Justin, and they add an E onto the end. <laughs> I laugh hysterically every single time. You know, what it, I, you know what I laugh about? I'm not sure why t- Justin doesn't just forward those <laughs> on over to us. Uh, here we have a question for Justine. And- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> How much are those beer cozies? Five dollars. Five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Two for ten dollars. <laughs> Three for fifteen. Or in Boonville. Um, can I have one of those? No. No. <laughs> it's like a coaster, they're free. No. Woman walks over. Can I have one of those? No. No. The guy pops up. You're a fag. You're not gonna give me you're not gonna give... No, they're five dollars. Just because you have the equipment. Just because you have infinite power because you're pouring watermelon weed at a beer festival. I understand how this whole thing works now. People just like <laughs> Indeed people you like do. Crawl... do you have some more of that watermelon beer? Uh no. <laughs> No. Hey, Come for all back you people, early next time. Oh, hey, this weekend. <laughs> if this gets posted by then, no, it will be. It'll okay. be up tomorrow. There are two days. In I two might days make it, it. Jeremiah O'Brien on Sunday, maybe. I'm there on Saturday. I have. A, I'm there one day. Justine's there one day. Well, I have this to Sweet. do. Sweet. I've got so a, my my only task is this: 
Because to Michael Jackson. To Michael. I'm gonna rock with you all night. Oh, not that one. Yeah. Well, anyway, other one. Not that Michael Jackson. I'm um, Michael Jackson. My my task. There. My task for the next three weeks, five weeks, whatever, however long it takes, I don't care. I'm going. I'm collecting Michael Jackson stories from local brewers. And local is not determined what that is. Um, I have the taser. We're gonna go record the stuff. <laughs> I'm gonna add. I'm gonna add all the stuff together, and we're gonna have a. You know, we're gonna add a, have a, a show for Michael Jackson on Beer School. I can get my very old, well worthwhile. My and, old and, version of Michael Jackson's uh, Guide to Beer and read out of it. Wow. I can, you know. So, what about Secret Brewer? Does he have a story? You think? No, bummer. Secret Brewer doesn't do that sort of stuff. Secret Brewer goes places and orders that beer all the time. Secret Brewer is still going to be on the show. Oh, so, yeah, we have to. Uh, I, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we'll we'll get together with Secret Brewer at uh, when we're at Eleventh Avenue out at the end of September. And then, but then the it's later hosen wearing season. I'm excited. The only time of year that you get to wear it. We're that. all excited. Um, I look damn good. We have it. to find. <laughs> That's we, why we're all we excited. We have to find where um, Pokeside's playing. Probably yes. Schroeder's. Pokeside is always fun to, I to love watch. Pokeside. The only time of year that I get excited about poker. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, Tuesday and Wednesday, the world's greatest band of the 21st century is playing at the Red Devil Lounge in San Francisco. That would be the Mayfire.com. The legendary Pink Dots? No, the Mayfire. They played at my birthday. They didn't know right. they were playing at my birthday, but. I still vote for the legendary Pink Dots. Aren't they playing for the uh, beer school one year? If we can find a location for us to, yes. to have that show. Yes. We could do it in my uncle's barn. Didn't know you had an uncle with a barn. <laughs> <laughs> if it wasn't for you meddling kids, I'd have had the cow myself. <laughs> I'd have had the cow. <laughs> Where do you think I keep all the horse shit I dish out? <laughs> Oi. Oi. Hey, kid, give me a shovel. <laughs> all right. Brilliant. That's how the show ends. <laughs>